You are now listening to the Urban Wire podcast on the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on the issues impacting the urban community. Join us as we discuss the latest in news, politics, social commentary, celebrity news, gossip, interviews, and so much more. This podcast and other podcasts on this network are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Blog Talk Radio. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash UCOFW and join our Facebook group page and official page for show updates, discussions, and show listings. Email us at UCOFW.ND at gmail.com to advertise with us, submit show ideas, and other business inquiries. Treats LLC is a decadent sweet shop that creates exquisite desserts for any occasion. Whether it be for an anniversary, birthday, special event, etc., Seize Treats has you covered. Seize Treats LLC uses the most freshest items and the best chocolates, caramels, and products in the world. Every bite of Seize Treats will leave you wanting more. She's located on the west side of Indianapolis and you can connect with her on social media. On Facebook and she's on Instagram. Reach out to her via email at seastreats38 at gmail.com or you can contact her at 317 664 2609. My brothers and my sisters, as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday in the Christmas season, let us adhere to and govern ourselves as it relates to the principles of the law of reciprocity. Let me break it down to you in layman's terms with a few examples. Example 1. Shaniqua comes to the family Thanksgiving with six badass kids and her nothing-ass baby daddy who is out on parole smelling like dank weed, mildew, and Hennessy. She brings no pop, no rolls, no plasticware, absolutely nothing. Yet she attempts to leave with a trunk full of plates containing leftovers. According to the law of reciprocity, this should not take place. Sorry, Shaniqua, but put those plates back. Example 2. Aunt Jackie picks the greens, 
She picks the KYs and cleans the KYs, bakes the sweet potato pies, makes the potato salad, and provides the off-brand Kroger Pops. She is entitled and has the first dibs over the leftovers. You latecomers and leeches will just have to wait your turn. In this example, we see how the law of reciprocity is supposed to work. In summary, in life we must give in order to receive. If someone is gracious enough to invite you to partake in the holiday festivities, the least you can do is be appreciative and not run game or take advantage. Happy holidays, season's greetings, or season's beatings. You choose. All right, welcome to the Urban Wire podcast, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. This is episode, I believe this is episode 107. Wow, like, oh my goodness, we have been doing this for years, and we are really stepping it up. We're doing something new now. Um, this is our first StreamYard podcast. Um, we will still have the audio version available for you guys to um to stream on wherever you get your podcasts from. So we're on all the major podcast platforms right now. Um, we just wanted to start you guys off with a little humor. Um, joining us today, we have Dr. C. Johnson, and we are most grateful and gracious to have you today. How have things been going with you? Thank you for having me. Things have been going great. I have no complaints. Um, thank you for the shout out as far as the business is concerned. Business is going great as well. Um, and yes, it's Dr. C. Johnson. I'm in my candidacy for my doctor. And uh, thank you very much. Um, so I'm developing a qualitative study right now. So that's okay. one of the requirements. Um, and commencement will be in March. So I am beyond grateful. That's wonderful. So can you just give us like a um, kind of tell us like the journey to to getting to where you are? Like, we know, you, you um, have a successful business. Um, you've been working hard for years. I know you've been like studying and, you know, trying to uh, work your way to your um, earn your doctorate. Can you just tell yeah. us about that? And um, anybody that is wanting to do that, what are some of the tips you would give them um, for people that are trying to pursue higher education? Yes. The one thing that I will say is to make sure that your mind is ready for it, because if your mind is not ready for it and your heart is not ready for it, it is not going to work. Um, it, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of dedication. And I will say that first know the field that you want to go into. Um, just sit down and weigh out your options. And if you know the field that you want to go into, then you can pursue that. Um, there are so many programs out there that will assist you with tutoring, um, financial services. So um, I will tell anyone, do not 
feel intimidated because you feel that there are not resources. There are resources out mm -hmm. there. And also just know that it's going to take time. This isn't anything that you can just jump into and rush through right. um, because the feeling of rushing through will cause so many feelings of uh, failure. You will feel like it's not for you because your mind is on mm. trying to finish expeditiously. And that's not what it's about. It's about learning and it's about being able to apply what you have learned to your life. So I will say um, for anyone who is wanting to further their education, um, because of course I am postgraduate, it mm -hmm. is just all about making sure that just like I said, your mind and your heart is ready. Take your time, study hard, know that you can do it. Do not give up. It will make you want to give up, but do not give up because at the end, if you keep the Lord, the head of your life, yes, you will be fine. Yes, you will be definitely. fine. Definitely. Well, once again, we just want to give you a shout out and just congratulate you on all all your accomplishments and things that you have achieved. Uh, I will say 2022 is definitely a good year. God has definitely been good to me. Um, yes. I will like to announce that I just closed on a house. Um, it's something I always want to do Yay. before I was um, turned 40. And I would just tell anybody out there that if that's something that you really want to do or you want to accomplish, the sky's the limit. You know, you just have to just take uh, ownership over your destiny. If you know you want yes. something like that, just work towards that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, get your credit right. Um, mm -hmm. Do your research. I would definitely tell you to do your research. Talk to people that have um, been homeowners because a lot of times they can give you um, that, that information that you'll need to go into that process knowing um, what to avoid, what to look for, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just really grateful that um, this is something that I have to that I, I that I've achieved for myself. So um, again, I just want to just say, um, yeah, you know, it's just something that I'm just really happy to had um, you know a, a journey that I'm embarking upon. So, but I will say, home ownership is definitely a responsibility. It's it's nothing to take lightly. Um, it's, it's a lot of things that you have to learn, a lot of things that you that you have to take responsibility for. It's not like renting um, an apartment. So it's it's really something that you have to be ready for. Um, it's, a, it's a whole level of new level of responsibility. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So and congratulations gonna... to you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. you I worked really hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to um, belabor the hour. We're going to jump into these stories. Um, we, we're going to probably have some more people join tonight. I sent the link out to some other people, but I'm going to take um, do a little bit of house cleaning before we jump into our stories tonight. Um, I do have another announcement, and we're going to have more information on this coming up in the next upcoming year. We will be launching um, Urban Wire Radio. So um, we're going to be launching our internet radio station next year. So we're just going to got some things that we need to iron out. I've been talking to some, uh, you know, some people and I'm going to plan on talking to some other people. Um, just getting advice, um, uh, advertising. Um, we're working on a couple new shows. Um, Ethan Cripps, I don't know if you guys know him, but we're planning on, he's planning on doing a show on the network. So we're going to still do our podcast, but our um, radio network will have um, talk radio. Um, so we'll have all our old episodes 
playing on that station. Um, what I plan on doing is even having Sunday, having like a religious day, um, linking up with certain ministries, um, having their shows air on our or their ministries air on our network. Uh, we're going to do a lot of community community advocacy. So that's something that I really want to do. Just a really an educational network. We're going to definitely have fun, good music and stuff like that. But it's something that I really want to do. Um, I really think that this would be a good platform to launch um, a lot of new and interesting things. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to be, there's going to be more information coming, but it will be uh, probably middle of next year when I, I plan on launching it, but you'll hear more about that. Um, wow. Also, you can join our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash UCOFW. Um, we have all kinds of videos on there, our older podcasts, our older videos, our commentaries. So get on there, rate, comment, subscribe, um, just just support the platform because the platform is for the people. We're really trying to put out some um, useful information and some good dialogue that the community can take part of. So with that being said, let's just jump into our um, commentary tonight. Um, some of the topics that we're going to be discussing this evening. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, and we, that's going to be our first story, but um there was a very sad story dealing with um, Stephen Boss, aka Twitch. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but he was um, he was like one of the dancers and entertainers on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and um, sadly he committed suicide. And we're going to talk about you know that tonight. Um, we're going to give you some resources for people that are dealing with suicide um, because it's really something that we don't take we don't take serious enough like especially in the black community we don't take mental health very seriously so we're going to talk about that um i don't know if you guys have been following the atiana jefferson case but the cop that fatally shot her has been found guilty so we're going to jump into that um in arkansas there's an 18 year old um young black man by um the name of um I don't have his name. I'm having to pull it up, but he's the first mayor, like the youngest black mayor in the country. So we're going to talk about his accomplishments. And this is very much um, for the young people that feel like they don't have anything to live for. So we're going to talk about, you know, just kind of encourage the youth and let them know that anything you can do that you want to do, you can, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Um, also, we're going to talk about Jamal Bryant. Now, did you hear about Jamal Bryant? I know you heard about what he his antics now. Yes, yeah, I did. Don't get into it. I ain't gonna get into it yet because y'all <laughs> gonna be blown away when I told tell you what this dude is up to now. So we're gonna talk about that. R. Kelly done leaked a new album. Did you hear about that? <laughs> From prison. Yes. So wow. we're gonna get into the logistics of that. Um, Brittany Griner, and also we're gonna we're gonna probably we're gonna get into. You know, we did last time trade tales. We going to talk about the what's going on in the church and all these men peeping and creeping and tipping and dipping. We're going to talk about that. So <laughs> let's jump into our first story. Um, like I said, um, Stephen Twitch, he was um, an American freestyle hip hop dancer, chore choreographer, actor, television producer, and television personality. Um, he was mostly known for his role on the Ella DeGeneres show. 
and um, he was a co-host and co-executive of the of, of that program. Um, sadly, he was discovered um, in a hotel with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And it was just so sad because a lot of people looked at this man's life and they were like on the outside looking in thinking that he had a lot going for himself. And it was just like kind of like crazy that he would take his life. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to a quick clip and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss this. We're learning more about the shocking death of DJ Twitch, a popular personality from Ellen DeGeneres' show. DJ Twitch was found at this Los Angeles motel with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. A maid reportedly discovered the body in the bathroom after she went into the room after checkout time in order to clean up. In light of all of the attention, the motel is shutting down until next week. This maid says she cleaned the room after his body was removed. We cleaned the room, but it was really uh, upsetting. I prayed for his family. The father of three reportedly left his home in Encino, California on Monday and walked to the motel about a mile away. His wife, fellow dancer Allison Holker, reportedly became concerned when she didn't hear from him by Tuesday. She went to this police precinct seeking help. About the same time, a shooting was reported at this motel. They were a happy couple who just celebrated their ninth wedding anniversary on December 10th. His wife posted this touching tribute video, writing, I feel so blessed and loved. Just the day before his death, they posted video doing what they loved, dancing. Twitch, whose real name is Stephen Boss, was also named executive producer on Ellen's show in 2020, following allegations that the talk show host sometimes mistreated her staff. You gave me a place. Well, I can just be myself. I love you so much. We love you so much. And this Just Surface video is now taking on special meaning. It was recorded on the last day of Ellen's show. It shows Twitch listening as another executive producer, Andy Lassner, speaks to the forlorn staff. It's okay to be sad and to reach out to each other. He's always a part of my life. and <sighs> Today, Ellen posted some of her favorite moments with Twitch. Right now, what I want to do is remember all the love and laughter I had with Twitch. It includes him getting a body wax and his mom sitting in the audience. Twitch's mother was seen arriving at his home yesterday along with his mother-in-law. His untimely death is generating an avalanche of condolences. I was heartbroken to learn about the passing of Stephen Twitch Boss, tweeted Michelle Obama. The world lost a bright light, said actress Kerry Washington. Many people shared the number 988, the suicide crisis and intervention number, which went live in July. The 988 hotline saw a 16% increase in calls yesterday. <laughs> Actress and influencer Tabitha Brown sobbed over Twitch's death and pleaded with followers to seek help if they need it. So I want to encourage anybody out there right now who you are thinking about giving up, it will get better. All right, we are back, and this is very unfortunate. Um, this goes to show you that everybody that I'm from the outside, someone could look like they have it all together. They could have it, you know, have a, a wonderful career, wonderful family. Um, just, you know, and it just goes to show you that looks can be deceiving a lot of times. And that's why it's always good to 
check in on people that you care about, you know, because you, you, you take for granted, especially in this, this age that we live in, like the social media age we live in, we look at people's timelines. We, we see that they have this and that going on. You know, I just got a new house, got a new car. Um, I got a new puppy. I got this, that, and the other. And we just assume that everything is going well with them, but it, it, it never, it, it always catches us off guard when we hear stories about this because we don't know what these people are going through. So I would just urge anybody, like, especially if you see the signs or someone is crying out for help, you really have to um, check in on people and make sure they get the help and the resources that they need. And another thing is, is you got to live your life for you. You can't worry about what everybody else wants you to do or how they want you to live. You have to be happy and, and live uh, for yourself and be comfortable in your own skin. So, see, what do you feel about this um, situation? Did you hear about? Have you heard about this story, or is this the first time you're, you're um, hearing about this? I did hear about the story, and it it really shocked me um, because, of course, there were several times where you know I was able to see him on the show, and you know it, you know, and I concur with what you're saying. It's very unfortunate, and a lot of times, you know people's feelings are hidden and, you know, you have people who are smiling throughout the pain and we sometimes people being on the outside looking in cannot see their pain. Sometimes right. they don't express it. Um, and they're trying to find a sense of belonging. And just like in the clip that you uh, played, he uh, made reference to being on her show was like an outlet for him. And he was, able to express himself and um you know and and that's a positive thing or like that was a positive thing then but at the same time no one knew that he was suffering from that and at the same time you know people of that caliber can be um you know like they're expected to uphold like a particular reputation you know like you are in the limelight or you have this going on you have that going on people don't know that they're suffering from an illness such as that, you know, and it's it's just, and if they don't have an outlet or if they feel like they're going to be judged or whatever the case may be, sometimes people will hold that in and suffer in silence. So, you know, condolence, condolences truly goes out to his family, um, close friends, to Ellen, to all the people on the show, because I know that that was truly a um, great loss. All right. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. Um, and I just want to give out a resource to anyone that feels like they they are going through those suicidal thoughts or they know of anyone that is going through that. I'm going to put this number up on the screen. Um, it's, it's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Um, you can contact them at 1-800-273-TALK, which is 8255. Or you can dial 988 for Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Um, or you can go to the suicidepreventionlifeline.org. We really need to um, get this message out here that mental health in our community is something that we don't take lightly. I yes. Mean, we take lightly. And um, a lot of times I feel that um, we, we, we come from a mindset where you don't put your business out there. You don't tell everybody what's going on in your household. You suck it up. 
You know what I mean? And I think that that has been very detrimental to our community because the um, long lasting effects of that have are starting to become evident. You know what I mean? Yes. So we really need to start taking mental health serious. And, um, you know, suicide is a real thing. You know what I mean? It's sad that this man had all this going for himself and he felt that the only way out was to commit suicide. He had a loving wife. He had a lovely family. Um, he had all these people around him that cared about him. But at the end of the day, all that doesn't matter, especially sometimes if you don't have the support of the people that are closest to you. Mm -hmm. So don't ever look at somebody's situation and feel that, well, they have this, this, and this, so they got to be happy. You know, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm jealous of them or I envy them because you don't know what these people are going through or what they had to do to get to that spot either. So um, that's just something I really want to wanted to uh, lend our platform to to discuss tonight because I think it's something that we really overlook in our community. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna go to the line. Uh, we just had uh, just had another uh, person join our stream, and we're going to um, Latanya. That's my cousin, actually. We're gonna bring her up. Hello. Hello. How are you doing this evening? How you doing? Doing wonderful. You doing wonderful this week, this evening? Can you hear us? Sorry, it's hard to hear. Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay. All right. Um, I was just going to ask you, um, did you hear about Stephen Twitch, the um, the uh, the person that was on the Ellen DeGeneres show and um, him committing suicide? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I did hear about that, and it's something that's very close and personal to me because um, – you know, I've had my son had expressed some, you know, issues uh, and he was even expressing uh, thoughts of that. And so it really hit home with me because I'm like, I always took it seriously. And anytime I, you know, I would tell people about it, you know, our community, unfortunately, likes to minimize, oh, they're just being dramatic or, oh, they're just. You know, they always have, it's always something, but I'm like, no, like that's real. And mm -hmm. just because, and you know, we're God fearing people just because right. we're God fearing doesn't mean that, you know, therapy isn't necessary. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I am a strong believer in it. And I honestly take it seriously and it is shocking, but it also reminds us that people are hurting quietly. And I think people feel like, they have to put on this brave face. Oh, I'm, I got to be strong. People always expect me to be strong. And I, I feel like maybe that's what happened with him. You wow. know, people expected him to be strong, expected him to be happy. And he couldn't be his true self uh, to the world. And so that's why mm. it was so. To all of us, for, um, for me at least. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I just just something I just want to bring awareness to. Um, yeah, I, I really feel that I, I, I want to do more on this show dealing with, um, uh, mental health, especially in our community, the black community, because it's something that we don't take seriously. I think like, like, like I was mentioning to see a few minutes before you arrived on online, I really feel that we've always came up with that school of thought. Well, what goes on in the home stays here. 
you know, mm -hmm. only crazy people go to get mental health. And I, I think it's a shame that we have adopted that mentality, but really it's just something that's been passed down. Like we, we've always been um, taught to, to suck it up, be strong. You know what I mean? And, and Jesus is going to fix it by and by, which that's all well and good, but God has given us people, professionals that can help us. So like, why not utilize these resources? You know what I mean? So absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I want to move on to the next story. We have a lot of stories. So um, man, this is something we could talk about forever, but um, I don't know if you guys have been following that the story dealing with Atiana Jefferson um, she was a 28-year-old woman that was shot inside of her home by a, a police officer in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, this took place in October 12th, 2019, the morning of that date. And um, the reason why the police even came to her home, because it was a welfare check. And uh, I guess her, her neighbors was worried about her because they did, they saw that her door was wide open. And I guess she had the door wide open because she was there with her um, nephew, if I'm not mistaken. I guess they had burnt some food. They were cooking, and I guess they burnt something. They were trying to air out the house or whatever. You know, something innocent. So um, the police officer came, and um, he was just circling around the house and looked in her, and she heard a commotion outside her window. And, you know, quite naturally, she's there with her, her little nephew. Of course, she's going to, you know, pr protect her home and stuff. So I guess that he claims that he uh, that she pulled out a gun on her, whatever, and then he shot into the house and fatally wounded her. So we're gonna go to a clip really quick, and then I'm gonna come out with come back with the rec rest of our commentary. He was found guilty, and we're gonna go more into depth about um, the charges that were brought against him. So we're gonna go to this clip, and I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. Aaron Dean guilty of manslaughter in the shooting death of Tatiana Jefferson. Uh, it, looking at a sentence, uh, I understand uh, un, under Texas law of anywhere between two, the low end of tw to the top end of 20 years. Once again, this police officer uh, shot Tatiana Jefferson while she was standing uh, in her grandmother's home where she was staying. Uh, and uh, she heard someone in the backyard, Dean, going around the house, responding to a call of an open structure that the doors were open, did not announce himself as a police officer, saw Tatiana Jefferson inside her home. She had her own weapon, uh, been concerned about the prowler, what she thought was a prowler. He ordered her to show her hands and shot her. Uh, and so the jury got this case. Dean indicted uh, for murder and manslaughter is a lesser charge, and the jury decided the lesser charge was the more appropriate one given the facts here and found, and convicted Aaron Dean of manslaughter. For more, let's bring in ABC News' Alex Prochet. Alex, this is another uh, of the many cases that, that we cover because there are many cases in America over a black person being shot, sometimes a misunderstanding uh, by a white police officer. That It has that, but it also has... This guy, the jury decided, you know, is responsible for her death because he wasn't acting properly as a police officer in that situation, did not announce himself. 
Well, well Terry, there are, there are a couple of key things here uh, in, in uh, Dean's actions that we knew the jurors took note of. Number one, he did not park near the home. Uh, he did not knock at the door or announce a police presence at any time while on the scene. And all this was according to uh, body camera footage and Dean's testimony. And so, look, throughout these five days of testimony, we heard uh, from, from a number of, of, of witnesses, but many of them actually within law enforcement. We heard from, from Dean's partner that night, uh, a woman by the name of uh, Officer Carol Darch. We also heard from the call center operator who gave Dean and Darch the information about Jefferson's home. Uh, we heard from Dean himself. And lastly, jurors heard from uh, Richard Fries, who is the deputy medical examiner uh, uh, for, for that county in, in, in Fort Worth. Just to give a little background to those that are just tuning in as we're looking at file footage actually from the home where Tatiana Jefferson was. You can actually see where that bullet went right through the window. She was inside. Aaron Dean on the outside. He was responding to a call apparently on Jefferson's home October 12th. This was back in 2019, by the way. This was a few years ago that we've been uh, keeping track of this. Happened about 2.30 in the morning because a door was left open to the house and you're actually seeing the body cam video right here. You can see his weapon drawn. You can see her through the window there. So the, the video clearly tells everything. The body cam tells everything. Um, according to Dean's testimony, along with the body cam footage, um, as you pointed out, Alex, he didn't park near the home, knock at the door, or announce his presence at the time when he was on the scene. He testified that it, this was a suspected burglary in progress and that he was acting quickly. And he he testified that the, the house looked messy inside, so that matched the description of what he was responding to. Um, and and then when he entered the backyard, you saw there by the body cam footage, you see him looking into one of the windows. You could actually see Tatiana on the other side. And here's kind of the heart, another heart-wrenching part of this story is that apparently Tatiana was watching over her 11-year-old. Well, he's now 11 years old. He was eight, eight years old at the time, uh, her nephew Zion. And he was playing video games when he heard the noise and then testified um, that he heard the gunshots. There he is right there, where in his suit and tie, testified in the court of law. Apparently Jefferson grabbed her gun be, uh, before approaching the window. That's what Zion testified when he was in court there. Uh, and police officials uh, said that Jefferson was within her rights to protect herself, um, own that gun, She's in her own she, she didn't know what she was dealing with. He didn't identify himself as a police officer. So everything happens clearly uh, within seconds when you're in that uh, situation. And Dean did resign from the police department uh, before his arrest. Um, the police chief, Fort Worth, Fort Worth police chief, um, did come forward and say that Dean was about to be fired, actually, for allegedly violating multiple department policies. So he had a background. Um, he was on the chief's radar and was on the brink of being fired, and then this went down. Mm. And we see where we are today. He's out of a job. All right, I just wanted to play part of that to just kind of give us context of what's going on. Um, oh, there's so much to unpack with this situation. I, I want to first of all address the reporters in this particular clip, because I don't know if you guys caught that that, that shade. Did you, did you hear when the... Uh, the reporter said, oh, uh, a misunderstanding. 
Yes, I heard that. A misunderstanding. Um, and then like uh it was just a little subtle shade, but that goes to show you, even in media, like unbi media, the whole thing about media being unbiased, it's not. And they mm -hmm. program our minds to uh because they want us, they want to fit a certain narrative in, into the conversation. So you have to kind of go into things objectively, and you got to kind of have the mindset of where you you have to look at things from a, a point of view and not be brainwashed by these people. Because to me, I think that was very unprofessional with someone that is not a commentator, but you guys are supposed to be legitimate journalists. So that kind of bothered me right there. You're already trying to mold and shape the narrative. So um, anytime it deals with us, mm -hmm. I know notice with black people, it's always, you know, well, what did they do? Did they they have a misunderstanding? This was a woman that was trying to protect her home. Her young nephew was there. And, and then the thing about it is this young child is going to be scarred with this for the rest of his life. He has to relive this. This is something he's not going to be able to forget. This, this, this is a baby. I don't care what nobody says. He's 11 years old. When he mm -hmm. saw this, when he went through this, he was only eight. And he still can account what actually happened. So it's really sad that these police out here are running amok. And that is why we have such a distrust of law enforcement in our community because they're not there to protect and serve us. You know, they always, they already come into a situation, even if you're the person that's not even the perpetrator. A, a lot of times we're already being seen as the, the, you know, we're the criminals, even though mm -hmm. we're the victims. So I didn't know what, what you guys think about it. I'm going to start with you, see, what did you think about this whole situation? And by the way, he was found guilty on mm -hmm. the lesser crime of manslaughter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which mm -hmm. I have issues of that, you know, we're not going to mm -hmm. even get into it. And then as the video alluded, he had a history of misconduct. Yes, you know? absolutely. But yet you mm -hmm. guys are only charging him with manslaughter. So I'm going to start with you, C. Um, what do you feel yeah. about this entire situation? So there's a lot of aspects here, you know, and and I, you know, was taking my notes, you know, after hearing some mm -hmm. things that was going on with that clip. And the first thing I want to say is, is that color is the basis of the abuse of the authority. He mm -hmm. felt as if he was allowed or had permission to do what he done, um, you know, because so many times, you know, um, people who are white and we're just going to put this out here and be transparent, they will um, abuse their authority because they feel as if that they have the right to do so. It's the entitlement factor. And then you go on to look at um, when they said that he did not even follow protocol, did not even address himself properly. There is never mm -hmm. a time there is never a time where a police officer should ever go to a home and not say, police, open up, whatever the case may be, address yourself and did not do that. So therefore, you're just looked at as common folk out there with a gun, you know, and, and that is that is an issue. And then the issue that I had with that, too, is when they said that he was about to be fired 
Okay. If you knew that he was a um, risk factor for the department or whatever the case may be, he should have been removed a long time ago. He should have been on desk duty. He should have been gone, whatever the case may be. So right. the, the, the problem that I'm having with this is, is if you knew that he was detrimental, why did you continue to have him out there on the streets addressing calls, whatever the case may be, because he just felt like that was a free pass to pull out his gun and use it. And, yeah. and all of that, you know, like they need to stop all that. That's why, you know, there, there, there needs to be some reconstruction when it comes to these police departments, weed these people out, put the right people in. But the question is who are the right people? What, you know, and so, so it's just, so, so it's unfortunate. And like you said, that, you know, this, this young boy who had to witness that he, you know, is, is going to be tormented for, I don't know, for, for the rest of his life. And now she is gone, you know, and, and it's just reckless. It is reckless. Yeah. Totally reckless. And to me, it's just like watching him in the courtroom. He had no emotion. None. No, obviously he had no remorse of what he did. You know, mm -hmm. and it and it's just are these are they are they really giving these people mental evaluations when they're bringing these people on to the exactly. to police force? Because every time I look at stories like this, these people have no conscience, like they have no no type of emotion on their face, and it's just very just very troublesome to me. Like, are they sociopaths? You know what I mean? Right. So it's just it's very just it's very disturbing that. We are paying these people's salary and they don't even have any regards to us, like none whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So, um, Tanya, what do you have to say about the situation? Like, how do you feel about this entire uh, situation with uh, Tatiana um, Jefferson? You know, it was uh, it, everything that she was saying. Um, you said your name is C. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> everything you were saying is exactly what I was thinking. And then um, the sense of entitlement attitude that he had, which most of the cops do have in jail in the, uh, the courtroom. Uh, yes. well, I'm a yes. cop. I can do whatever I want. No, you cannot. And these are lives. And how can you, I mean, the fact that he was about to be fired, why is he out there with a firearm? Like to me, mm -hmm. you have people's lives in your hands. Like the first time you violate something, you're with somebody else, like you don't get a gun, something. There has to be reform when it comes to their policies because now he was about to be fired. Well, what is keeping him from being fired? You know what I'm right. saying? The first policy he didn't follow, he should have been gone to me. That's a police, I, it's not a, a office job. You have people's lives in your hands. If yes. you can't follow procedure, you are in the wrong job and that's period. And then how do we as the community raise these concerns? Because I feel like we can talk to each other, but when are we going to be able to, how do we reach out to them and say, we expect more from you as mm -hmm. our officers that we pay for. So, you know, okay. I'm curious to know how we can get the word to them. Like, this is what we expect or what we think you should do. And we want answers, you know, that's what that community should be doing. We want answers on how your procedures are so this doesn't happen again. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, well, we're going to continue on following this. Like right now, um, he has been found guilty for manslaughter, but the um, we're going to keep following this story to actually see what his sentence is going to be because that's what's going to really matter. Yes. You know, okay, he's been found guilty. Okay, that's all well and good, but what is going to be the penalty? The penalty for um, him being careless like this, and like mm-hmm. like like we mentioned before, like this guy's been having issues within the police force so it's not like this is just okay this is just a a freak incident but you you you've been having issues in doing your job so right we're gonna definitely follow that story and we're gonna move on to our next topic Mm -hmm. and this has something to do again this is another unfortunate story did you guys hear about that young man down in mississippi the fedex driver that was attacked by the father the white father and son did you guys hear about that that they were shooting at him um he was just delivering the packages and it was almost it was almost parallel to the uh, ahmaud aubrey um incident to where they felt that what are you doing in our neighborhood you know and they chased this young man down they shot at his car and it took them almost a year, like 10, 10 11 months to even indict these people. So there's a lot of corruption in these small towns as far as like police officers and, and just the police culture down there, because a lot of them are clicked in. So I want to go to this quick clip really quick, and then I'm going to come back with the specifics. Um, the young man, his name is DeMontario Gibson. That was the young man that was shot at by the father and son duo, but we're going to go to this clip and then I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. Tonight, a black man who works as a FedEx driver says that he was chased and shot at by two white men when he was doing his deliveries. He was not physically hurt, but more than one week after the incident, the suspects of father and son were arrested. Tonight, the FBI says that they are aware of the matter and in touch with local authorities. Here's ABC's Faith Abube. Tonight, growing outrage after two white men allegedly chased a black FedEx delivery driver and fired gunshots at his vehicle. The anger spilling onto the streets of Brookhaven, Mississippi this weekend. FedEx driver DeMontario Gibson seen in the small crowd. On January 24th, Gibson says he was attempting to deliver a package. He said he was in uniform but was driving a van without FedEx marking. He says he was driving around trying to find the right address and then finally figured it out. Put the package at the front door, hop back in. As I'm right preparing to leave, there's a white pickup truck coming from a house on the same part of land in the background. According to the police incident report, a man later identified as Gregory Case began to follow him, driving through a ditch, attempting to cut him off. I swerved around him and I started hitting the gas to try to get the neighborhood. And there's a guy in the middle of the road holding a gun to my window. Gibson says it was Gregory's son, Brendan Case, allegedly holding a gun, ordering him to stop. I swerved around him as well. And as I swerved around him, he starts firing shots to the back of my van. They followed him until the highway. According to the police report, Gibson escaped uninjured. Photos obtained by ABC News show at least five bullet holes piercing the truck and the packages. Brendan Case has been charged with attempting to cause bodily injury with a deadly weapon and his father, Gregory Case, with conspiracy to commit aggravated assault. Both have pleaded not guilty and are out on bail. The attorneys did not respond to ABC's request for comment. And tonight, Gibson's attorney is calling for federal hate crime charges. There's no doubt in my mind this is a copycat crime. You have uh, Gregory and Brandon Case, who seems to have copied off uh, uh, the McMichaels 
uh, who chased um, Ahmaud Arbery uh, because he was suspicious in a, a white neighborhood in Georgia. And FedEx is now paying for Gibson's therapy, but the victim says he's still angry at his employer because that same FedEx sent him back to the same neighborhood a day after the shooting and did not offer him paid leave until this incident became public. In a statement, FedEx says employee safety is top priority and it remains focused on Gibson's well-being. Lindsay? Faith, thank you. All right, we are back. Um, yeah, um, it's it's just very unfortunate that black li- black lives don't matter. They really don't. And mm-hmm. uh, when we when we talk about that 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 moniker, we talk about that statement. And in the system of white supremacy, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say, "Well, black ma- lives don't matter to black people," but we're not talking about that. We're talking about in a system where we can be hunted down like animals like you know and it's and it's sad that we're in a system to where they don't even value our lives to to prosecute people that are you know that commit crimes against us so it's it's just very very unfortunate that it took them all this time to to prosecute them and then they're out on bail these people are a menace to society like you know and it's, it's just real, really unfortunate. But I'm going to give you a little bit of background on the demographics of this small town. Um, this was a town in Brookhaven, Mississippi, which is like 55 miles south of Jackson, Mississippi. And just what's going on in Jackson right now, we're going to have to get into that on another show, even with the water crisis and stuff like that. We're not going to even get into that. But this was a small town that uh, was... Uh, 59% black and 39% white, according to the most census data, recent census data. So where's the representation? Like they, they have a huge um, black population there, but the they're not representing their people because this something like this should not have taken place. Right. You know what I mean? And this just goes back to like, like, like they did back in the slavery days or even reconstruction how they felt that black people should stay in a place, stay in a certain part of town. You don't belong over here. And this is even evident in today's time. So I just, it's just really sad that these young people, you know, this is a young black man. He seemed very respectful, very articulate. You know, he's just trying to work hard and do his job. And how do we reach these young black men? We want them to be productive citizens of society and and uh, do right, but then they have to go through this, and then they don't have the support. You heard about how FedEx pretty much tried to put him back on the same route, and it in in his leave. They I read in other articles that his leave is unpaid right now. So how can we teach teach our young black youth uh, the value of working hard and staying on a straight and narrow? when they have all these obstacles and all these odds stacked against them. So that is the thing that I wanted to ask you guys. For one, how do you guys feel about this situation? And how can we teach our young um, our young Black youth uh, um, how to stay strong in this? Because this is something that will throw any of them off. So I'm going to start with you, C, and then, um, Tanya, I'm going to ask you, how do you feel we could um, address that? <laughs> so let me say this, you know, And first, let me say that FedEx was absolutely wrong by, you know, 
doing that to him as a result of what transpired. But let's look at it without knowing that this is what FedEx done. Mm -hmm. That is a respectable position. Okay. You know, they, they're responsible for making sure, you know, that everyone gets whatever it is that they're ordered that, that they ordered or whatever the case may be, that is respectable. And then you also have, so was this white man insinuating that a black man cannot have a respectable position? You know, like why would you even question? Why is he there? You see that he has his uniform on. You see that he is at work. So that should not even be a question. And honestly, that is just embedded racism, period. Mm. Because anytime you are purposefully chasing someone or you're shooting or you're doing whatever you're doing, that is embedded racism. He's a white man. This is a black man. You are committing a crime. And then this is what um, really irritates me the most. Taking a year to gather yeah. evidence to indict. Wow. The question is, what evidence do you need? Whether or not he had a license to even carry a gun, that's not even the question. He committed a crime. There is no evidence needed. The only thing that you know is, is that there was no crime committed by the black man. He was doing his job, but you have a white man that comes out here that provokes, that shoots, that does all of this, that shows the corruption of the justice system. It just shows that. And then something like that to even um, be eligible for a bond. Absolutely mm. not. And if we look at it, if we reverse those roles, if it was that black, that the young black man that done that, Honey, bond would be revoked. It wouldn't even be no bond. They would have threw him under the prison system. Under. under the Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It wouldn't have taken even half of that time. Yes. So, you know. Yes. It's, it's but bad. to elaborate on what you had said and you, and you were asking, um, how can we influence or educate young black men to stay strong during times like this? It is all about making sure that you get an education saying respectable and and the thing is is that these type of things are going to happen because this is the history of our nation it's going to happen yes. and um the crime is the color of the skin only so so you can be doing the best you you could be the best that you can be but the crime is because you're black only mm. and there's no getting out of it but to make sure that you're on the straight and narrow, you get an education, you stay respectable, you don't go into, um, and, and if you know that there are certain atmospheres or whatever the case may be that is more prone to behaviors like that, you know, you just stay away from it. But the question is, is how can you stay away from it when you have to, you know, go into these communities, whether or not it's for your job, it's for school, it's for educational purposes. It's a lot of factors out here, but mainly just being educated on what is going on is really the main thing. Yes, definitely. Tanya, do you have anything to add to this this case? Um, with you, especially you, I know you, with you being a mother of, um, and, um, of a young black male, like mm -hmm. what, what is your mindset of this this situation because i know that this probably definitely impacts you 
um, seeing that this young man was trying to do the right thing, you know, working hard, um, not out here in the street, you know, running amok. How does that make you feel as a black mother that you see this young black man having to go through something like this? And what does that make you feel about uh, in general? Well, you know, I often think of, you know, back in the day, even when I was younger, uh, a lot of times people were more fearful of their daughters being out in the world, you know, growing up and being out on their own. Mm -hmm. Now I'm more afraid for my sons than I am. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard to say you can, you know, people say you can defend yourself. You can do this, you can do that, but it's a lot of things that they can't, that doesn't mean the same thing for our young men, unfortunately. Um, I try to keep my, me personally try to keep my son or any young man I come in contact with encouraged for one um, to know that they're seen and to hear them when, when they speak, they're hurting. And um, you know, it's just kind of hard to say what they could do because you have some who they get the licenses to carry. They still get shot. You, uh, mm -hmm. as a job, he got, he getting shot at, just because of his color, you know, you try to tell them the right things to do. put your hands up. They still get shot. You know, it's just yeah. like, what, what is the answer? You know, um, that's what's so discouraging. It's like, we try to give them all the answers and they go and do that and they still get shot, you know? Right. And it's like, um, that's, what's the hardest thing. And then, you know, I feel like the South, especially Mississippi, Ooh, you know, I have family down in Mississippi. Mississippi mm -hmm. kind of back in the woods attitude. It's a little bit more subdued because of the days that we're in, but it's still prevalent there. And yeah. so that's, there definitely needs some, to be some reform in that state and in the South period. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah. that, that's crazy. Wow. In fact, that FedEx, that's a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> Like, right, because what yeah. vehicle? Why is his vehicle unmarked? And then y'all are paying for therapy. What? What? <laughs> That's it? No, uh-uh, unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, like I said, you know, I, I really commend this young man for having the courage to step up and speak out because it's easy. It's it's so easy to to cower. It's so easy to. You know, um, not take a stand, but I really, really commend this young man for uh, standing up and speaking out. So um, with that being said, let's move on to our next story. You know, um, keeping with that theme, like, you know, uh, we, we always hear so many negative messages out here about young black men and about the black youth. But there's a young black man in the state of Arkansas, which he is the youngest black mayor in the country. Um, his name is, and let me get his name. Uh, let's go. If I can get this pulled up. His name is Jalen Smith, and he is a recent graduate in high school. He was the class president. Um, he was involved in, um, school, uh, like the, the, uh, well, I can't even think of what it's called, the school like politics and stuff like that. He he was he really had a huge background in that. And he was recently 
uh, voted in as the mayor of a city. And let me get the name of that. It's it's a small city outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it's like Earl, yeah, Earl, um, Tennessee. And I really want to commend this guy because he has more common sense than a lot of these politicians that have been out here for years that he really wants to make a difference. So we're going to go to a clip really quick so you can get some insight on that. And then we're going to do a quick commentary on that. And then we're going to move on to our next story. WREG is your local election headquarters and the votes from yesterday's runoff elections in Arkansas have been counted and it looks like a teenager will be the next mayor of the town of Earl. That's right, a teenager. WREG's Marcus Hunter traveled to Crittenden County today to talk with mayor-elect Jalen Smith, who's only 18 years old. The people of Earl, Arkansas have spoken. It feels good to say. I've been elected as mayor of, of this great city. The town of around 2,000 residents elected 18-year-old Jalen Smith mayor, the youngest black mayor in the country. People say I'm too young, but you have to start somewhere in life. You know, I didn't want to wait till I was 30 or 40 to run for mayor. I want to do it now. Smith says his top priorities as mayor, addressing abandoned buildings, flooding, and other problems. Earl has potential. You know, I want to come back home. You know, I want to feel safe and secure here. I want a grocery store. Smith says he also made a promise to the younger generation that if they vote for him, he will work to bring them more opportunities. Getting them jobs, get them, you know, getting activities, just something. Because I'm like them. I want something to do as well. The town's next mayor still lives at home with his parents. He just graduated high school in May and was senior class president. He says it was at Earl High School that he realized he had what it takes to be a leader. His former principal agrees. I saw massive leadership ability and a potential from start. I had no question in my mind that he would not be elected because of the drive that he has. His twin brother, Jaden Smith, and all of his family and supporters kept him focused during the race, and they say they will continue to do so once he is sworn in. Just because everybody knows you don't mean they're going to vote for you. You know what I'm saying? So I told him you got to get up, get out and campaign, and whatever you need, I'm, I'm here to help. All of those needed things that Earl needs, he's going to have a great impact in, in getting that done because he's going to have so much support. Smith says that despite his age, when he is sworn in in January, he still expects to be able to sit down with more seasoned members of the city council to get things done. Well, the council has to realize I'm the mayor. And secondly, it have nothing to do with age. If you're for moving the city in the right direction, you do what you say you wanted to do. Smith says he plans on taking next semester off from Arkansas State University Mid-South to focus on his new role as mayor. In Earl, Arkansas, Marcus Hunter, WREG News Channel 3. And Smith beat his opponent, Nene Matthews Jr., by 52 votes. He'll replace longtime mayor Sherman Smith. All right. So just want to give a little positive news, and that is wonderful. That I said things that he was saying that he wanted to do for his community, almost saying like, "Dang!" Like he he has more common sense and more wherewithal um, than most of these seasoned politicians. But it, yeah. it also makes you wonder, wonder too, like where do these politicians go wrong? Because like it seems like once they get into office, like I don't know if it's the power or the authority that they have that makes mm -hmm. them go corrupt. Like, so why is it that 
is, is it one of those things where when people first go into politics, they have a pure mindset and then mm-hmm. over time it they get corrupt? Like, what do you feel about that? See, like, do you think that corruption over time takes over? And then like, you think like other people start getting like these groups or, you know, they start lobbying and stuff like that. They get in your ear and they start promising you things and things under the table. Do you think that that has a lot to do with people going corrupt in politics? I really do because, you know, um, you know, when you first have a mindset of wanting to run and you get out there and you do all of what, you know, you feel like you need to do in order to get ahead and you're there. So you so you're finally in office. And I believe what happens is is the thrill of winning and the uh, thrill of knowing, you know, what you're going to be making in your position and things like that starts to um, build a person's mind up to make them feel as if that they're infallible and that they can do things um, and that they're not going to get caught. But here's the thing. When it comes to some high positions like that, a lot of white collar crimes transpire in offices like that. So, you know, you Mm. have people that know people, you have people that are in higher places. And of course, when it comes to these white collar crimes in a lot of positions like that, a lot of money passes by. So of course, you know, you're paying this person off over here to keep everything low. You're paying this person over here to make sure things don't get exposed. So I feel as if so. So I feel as if this goes back to what we were all saying earlier. It's the entitlement. You know, you you feel that you're entitled to be able to do things like that. So you feel as if, hey, everything is fine. You know, no one's going to know. But the fact of the matter is that there's no results. You know, like you're not producing anything. And then here it is to where you're looking at, oh, it's me, but the community is failing, you know, and, you know, so it's it's a lot of problems like that. So, you know, I I just truly feel that um, a lot of times when uh, people of that magnitude are not doing what they're supposed to do, it's because the people were not um, the basis of them running. Mm. Tanya, what do you feel? Uh, I agree with that. Um, they get into, to me, the politics take over as far as uh, you. you. Because we lost her. Yeah. All right. Um, Tanya, we're going to get back with you. Oh, you there? Okay. okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're fine. So, um, I think politics take over and, you know, you, you want to be right versus caring about what the people really want. And yeah. uh, you got to do what you have to do to get in the position. But then once you get in there, then you want to listen to your cohorts versus really listening and being there for the people. Yes. Um, so that that's where I think the problem lies. Um and I hope he does a good job. You know, I, yeah. I think he needs to be encouraged. You know, definitely. he's a young man and taking on such a large responsibility. He definitely needs to be encouraged. And, uh, yeah, that, I think that's great. Wonderful. 
All right. Well, we're going to move around. We got about about three, about four more stories I want to do, and then we're going to jump off here tonight. I really like the vibe of this. I like the the flow. I do too. Yeah. And then just having the video and the visuals. I think that really makes a difference. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then I'm hope I'm thinking over time. Like I've been watching the numbers. They've been kind of doing pretty well tonight, more than usual. So I think we're going to stick with this format. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's more interactive, and I think it's you know I think it's a really good thing. Um, we're gonna move on to another story. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to keep all the church stories together, but we're just gonna go with the flow. Um, did you guys hear about Pastor Jamal Bryant? <laughs> did, did you yeah. hear about it? Yeah. Tanya, I know you laughed, you must have heard about it. Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I just huh? to me, y'all, I just I just don't know. Um uh, Jamal Bryant, I just I don't even know where to start with him. I will say this about Jamal Bryant. He's a very charismatic man. He's a very, he's a very good orator. Like he's a very good speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows how to pump a crowd up. Yeah. He knows how to probably talk the draws off of any woman. Hence Mm -hmm. like all the infidelity (laughs) that he's had in the past. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to negate the fact that he's a good speaker. I will never take that from him, but it's just the antics that always get me about him. Yeah. You know, and I just feel that this this entire thing about him promoting marijuana use and, you know, it's just, it's to me, it's just very disturbing that he's supposed to be a man of God. And then on top of that, it's just like we have to kind of look at it too from the point of view, like the uh, new birth has gone through their share of uh, controversy in the past with Bishop Eddie Long. Those of you that don't know that he is the, you know, the new pastor of new birth and any of you that have been following that church for years, we know that 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 church has had its share of controversy and scandal with Bishop Eddie Long. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get into that. You know, we all know about that, but Mm -hmm. it just seems like that church went, it's all about public image and it's all about trying to get the members to come into the church. They don't care about just, you know, people living a moral life. It's all about money. It's all about prestige. A lot of um, socialites go to that church. You know, it's it's not about empowerment. And, you know, and I'm not going to say that Jamal Bryan's a bad person, but it's just like, man, you just really make yourself look bad when you're doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go to this clip so you guys know what I'm talking about. He was on this podcast, and this woman, like, girl, she's sitting up in that chair. The woman, I'm questioning her because she looking like she's sitting up in that, that chair looking like her, her panties are all moist. She, yeah. just, she ain't even listening to what he's saying. Right. She just in awe with everything that he has to say. And it's just like, man, that dude will talk. Yeah, that dude, he's just he just has to get the gap. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to this clip so you guys know what we're talking about, and then we're going to come back with the rest of our commentary. Smell like weeds. No, 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 really, is <laughs> New Birth is the largest land-owning black church in America. And so my position to my deacons is why aren't we not raising cannabis? I'll be able to bring in black males. They're able to do it legally. Mm. I'm teaching them farming. Oh my God. I'm helping them to enhance the ecosystem. 
Uh, that th this is the kind of conversation. So if the guy, black boy in Bankhead said, they growing weed at the church? Where do I join? Yes. I don't need no pamphlet for him. Oh, child. Um, hmm. Now, y'all saw what I was saying about that woman. Yeah. That, that lady that was in that podcast. She said, ooh, yes. Honey, she yeah. wasn't thinking about what he was saying. <laughs> she thinking about she had some other things on her damn mind. You saw the reposition and everything. See, we know what was going on. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I just don't even know, like, like, how do we... He's and I think I don't know if I can't recall. He said in that clip, he said, I want to go after the people that smell like weed. What? Mm -hmm. what? <laughs> See, what you got to jump in and tell me because I know you're gonna give it to us, you're gonna, you're gonna give it to us real, <laughs> but you're gonna give it to us elegantly and you're gonna give it to us professional. So tell us what do you feel? Do you think this is a good idea or do you think that he's just trying to be slick and line his pockets up with money? This is a money making ordeal. You know, this this is exactly what it is. Um, you know, and and I'm just going to say this that it all stems from, you know, the the schemes where you have people coming to the front of the church, you pick people to come to the front of the church to sell, to tell all the stories and to uh, sell hope and all this kind of stuff and, and make people think that if you buy this or you buy that, you're going to, or if you buy this miracle water, you're going to get this and get that. This is the same type of, <laughs> this is the same type of thing. And the fact of the matter is, is that mixing Christ with something that is considered to be illegal even though you have it medically in in some places that does not mix you don't bring that in there now my thing is okay so he's really letting people know that he smokes it okay so that's all fine and good you know you get high before the sermon and if that's what you do then that's what you do but the fact of the matter is that to sit there boldly and say that and then you know you could tell that there was a little turn on between him too because he saw the woman she was turned on by what he was saying and she was so happy and so elated that he was talking about that and there was a connection and an agreement so he was really getting into it too so i wouldn't be surprised if he went right after that Girl. interview and got high so let me ask you this so what's next so we're gonna be mixing you said we're gonna miss christ with crack next we're gonna bring uh, apparently gonna bring so because if you know they say marijuana is the gateway drug, so what we gonna do? We promoting crack for Christ? Is that is that yes. gonna be the next? Is that gonna be the next campaign? Because I'm really thinking that's what it is. Like you know, mm -hmm. good as well. Like y'all pushing dope in the church now. Like like seriously, I'm, I'm like yeah. I'm I'm being fun, but like seriously, like we gotta look at this for what it is. We are now pushing dope in the church. Yes, We're pushing a, a habit that I don't care what anybody says, not a healthy habit. You know, yeah. you know, people's it's a mind altering drug and then it just makes you unproductive. Like, so now is that what we're peddling in the church? Like, seriously. Absolutely. And I just want to say this, too, because I know you're going to get to Miss Latanya real quick. But I just want to say that 
you know, next, are you going to see the weed vending machines or the crack vending machines right next to the chips and pop church? So you're going to have that sitting right there and, you know, and people can go up there discreetly and not even discreetly. They can put their money in and vend and get the strawberry kind, the cherry kind, the vanilla kind, the whatever kind they want to get. And then they can really feel good before church or feel good after church. Either way, I believe that that and, and then what happens is after church. He would go and he would pull out the little money change thing out of the machine, put it in his pocket. And that is growth in his eyes. That is money growth. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's unfortunate that he would even go to that level. But I guess weed sells. Do you think that this is just another just is this like a curse in that church? Because you saw all this stuff that happened at Bishop Elon. Now this foolishness is going on. Do you feel that this is just a curse that needs to be breaking? Or do you just think that this is just the people that are just money hungry and yeah. they'll, they'll put up with anything in the church? This is not a church. This is just a business. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a business, you know, and they're not looking at the purpose of what church is for. They are looking at uh raising money so that they can and, and they're going to put just enough information out there or enough um god and jesus out there just to get mm -hmm. by but they're going to implement more of the worldly factors and that's what draws some people that draws some people and and they want to draw more people to of, of that aspect and of that caliber so that they can keep making the money and it's sad so but yeah wow. All right, Tanya, what do you feel about this, this entire situation? You know, first of all, when he tried to say, oh, we're the largest landowner and uh, we want to help black men raise it. Um, That's a shame. So, no, you, there's plenty of other things you can grow on your land to teach people responsibility and to show them, you know, whatever you're trying to show them. You don't have to use the dewey. That's just you trying to right. be using the church to save yourself some money so you can pocket as much money as possible. Because you know they're probably tax free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And it's never been nothing but a, to me. I feel like here's the thing about Jamal Bryant. Like this, him taking on that that role at um, New Birth. It was nothing but a, a cash grab. For, I, I feel like it because mm -hmm. if you were really about ministry, you in Baltimore, you see all the, the, the crime and all the poverty and all the, all the stuff that's going on in Baltimore. You're going to leave that city to go to Atlanta. Like mm -hmm. you had a flourishing ministry um, empowerment temple. I think it was up in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So you left that to go down to Atlanta. It was a cash grab to him. That's all that was. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because if you're really about the ministry, you had enough to do in Baltimore. But then again, yeah. you seen that video years ago. They they didn't want him. That them thugs and the people in the streets saw right through Jamal Bryan because they ran him up off them streets. He tried to go out in them streets. Some people said they didn't want no part to do with him. Like I don't know if y'all remember seeing that video <laughs> years ago. Like so, my thing is, it's like, is it really about ministry or is it really about trying to establish your name? And it's all about ego. Now, I'm not saying that Jamal Bryan doesn't have You're his things that, that are correct or that have some validity to it, but I feel like a lot of times with him, it's all about being seen. It's all about trying to make a, a name for himself. And then, like, when you go yeah. down into Atlanta, I hate to say this, but it's just nothing but 
stunt queens and, and, and shenanigans down in Atlanta. Like everything's about show. Everything's about, you know, uh, being seen. This is it's like people say that Missouri is a show me state. No, Atlanta is. Uh, Georgia, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia is the show me city or show me capital because I feel like a lot of people move down there because they want to be seen. They want to be influential and it's not always for the right thing. So I just feel like Jamal Bryant got to do better. You know what I mean? And stop trying to use these young black boys. You're almost like Bishop Eddie Long in, in the respects of you're trying to use young black boys like they're disposable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just sickening to me that you as a pastor is promote you're promoting this. Like I just I just feel like it's just it's problematic to me. It's just problematic to me. That's just how I feel about it. The problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that moving on, I'm gonna move on to a, 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 a funny clip really quick, and then we're gonna get back into a little a couple more serious topics. We probably got about four or five more stories I want to do, and then we're gonna jump off of here. Um, and we're gonna move pretty quick. Um, we're already at the uh, hour and twenty minute mark, so I want to keep this under two hours. Um, prophetess Juanita Bynum, you know we always gotta go there with her. You know she's <laughs> no strange to controversy. <laughs> yeah. So there's a clip that came. I don't know if you guys seen this. She was talking about she was in her studio late one night, and she said, uh, uh, "Pastor." Uh, she said, Pastor Stevenson came into her studio late one night and she didn't expect him to come up here. First of all, who's just going to walk into your studio late one night and just pop up unless y'all had something going on there shady? But that's besides the point. But I believe that Freudian slips have some type of reality. I think it's some truth behind it. Like people, Freud, people that, that, that say stuff by accident it's a lot of truth in it. So I'm going to go to this clip and I want y'all to hear this and I want y'all to see if y'all catch this, what she said. So I'm going to come back with my rest of my commentary. Well, wait, he did A year ago, I was sitting in prayer in my studio. I had just finished praying and the door unlatched and I looked up because it was like three o'clock in the morning and I said, somebody's coming in my studio at this hour. And it was Apostle Stevenson. And when I looked up and I saw him coming, he came to me. But he didn't just come to me, he came in me. (laughs) No, she didn't just say that. You know what? Yes, Yes. let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all something. It would be one thing if she it was just a slip up, but everything you said leading up to it was like, girl, mm-hmm. first of all, why would a man be coming randomly to your 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 stuff? Right. Coming in your stuff at three o'clock in the morning. You see that, that, and, 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 see before you say stuff. Juanita Bonham, oh my God, she she it's tragic because she's another person that's charismatic. She's a wonderful speaker. I will never take that from her. Yeah. Uh, she knows how to bring the crowd in. She knows how to get the children hyped. But I feel like she's been unraveling for years now. Like something is really going on with her and I'm really concerned. There was another clip and I didn't upload it, but there was another clip recently where she was talking about Saints cussing 
and excuse my friend, she's like, well, like, like, oh shit, like this, this, like, did, did she up here cussing? <laughs> she said, oh, I got sometimes you gonna you next thing you know you around people like that you be saying oh shit next, and you got to be like, and I'm like sitting here watching her. I said, lady, what is wrong with you? Like you really are supposed to be the prophetess, and you going in like this. So it's like, girl, I just, I just don't know what's going on with Juanita Bynum. You know, with her and this mm-hmm. prayer institute, this twelve hundred dollar prayer institute, and then mm-hmm. and we don't talked about this on the show before. Sell them damn them, them prayer rags and that yes. bottle of water and that and that oil that you can get out okay. your cabinet for a hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like what is going on with Juanita Bynum? Like I just I don't know what what has happened to her. Um but it's just it, it she is a shell of what she used to be. And it and it really hurts me because she really I feel like she did have anointing on her, but it's just like the stuff that she's been doing in the, the past three or four years, like that situation we covered um some years back when she um was paid to do that engagement. And she said that she didn't want to do the engagement because the man, the pastor came in to check on the room to make sure everything was set up correctly for her. And he didn't know that she was already in there. He was just making sure. She got upset and said because her (laughs) panties and her bra was laying out on the bed, she didn't want to preach. (laughs) So she took them people's money, stayed in the room, and she refused to go to the service. I'm so telling. I don't. I, I'm just saying, y'all. Like, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I just feel like. Do you feel like something's going on with her? Yes, yes. It it is. It is definitely something going on with her. And I'm not a judgmental person, but it's definitely. But she's definitely showing the characteristics of someone that is not truly being led by the Lord. You know, and and I'm not saying that she's not saved. Like I said, I'm not judging. But there is definitely something that may have happened to her in her younger years, something that happened to her in her teen years or something that has not gone away. So therefore, she's using church as a means of escape. And now Mm. she's implementing a lot of what she may have gone through to... um, carry her on through this entire thing there there is definitely something wrong because if you listen to what she said and it's how she said it, it was more of like she was telling like she was a storyteller now i don't know if that's a part of her profession some years ago like i don't know but it's, it's like more of getting into the storytelling phase and mm-hmm. it's like and and you get up there and you say that he came in me. <laughs> Wait a minute. So that means that so so that would mean that you don't went through all the taking your clothes off, you lay down and y'all and did do because that that's how it sounds to me. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like you have to be careful with what you say. And my thing is is that if if she feels as if storytelling to get money from people is the way to do it, then I'm going to tell you something. It is wrong. I'm going to be all the way transparent. It's wrong. But if you're going to tell some stories, tell it the right way. <laughs> tell some stories the right way because she is definitely, 
dealing with something that, you know, needs uh, to be addressed by therapy, counseling, something, because it's definitely something wrong. I just seen my cousin Chan dropping into the chat. Um, we had a couple people, Heather Manis, um, Tiffany Miller. I want to thank you all guys for jumping in the, jumping in the chat. Chan, I want you, if you can, um, I want you to, I'm going to drop the link. I want you to come up here and tell us about what you're doing. Um, I'm going to drop this link. Um, just follow the prompts. If you have any issues, let me know. I want you to uh, come up here and tell the people about what you're doing because you're doing something that's a service to the community. Um, she's been doing this drive for the past, I think, about two, three years. And I really want um, you guys to know what she's doing. Um, if so, I'm going to drop you the link. If you can, come in um, and uh, tell us about what you have going on. Um, we're going to move on the show. I think we lost Tanya, but I want to thank her for coming in. That's my cousin. Um, um, just, I want to thank her for coming on and giving us um, a little bit of commentary um, we have a couple more shows, I mean, a couple more stories that I want to cover before we jump up off of here. Um, and speaking of the crazy stuff that's going on, did you hear about R. Kelly dropping that new album? And he want to try to act like he didn't have anything to do with it, like someone just took his music and just released it. And uh, every, it was on all the major pr platforms, but you, <laughs> but you didn't have anything to do with it. Right, like mm -hmm. it's 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 the lies and the foolishness for me. Like mm -hmm. we're gonna go to this um go to this article, and it's it's from the Hollywood Reporter, and it's saying that R. Kelly's lawyer said an album uploaded to Spotify and Apple Music on Friday was not authorized by the singer. The thirteen now thirteen tracks was released. Okay, thirteen <laughs> track set called "I Admit It" was released on Friday appearing on the streaming platforms as the as a new album but hours after its release it was no longer available so i wonder if they got the backlash from that and they said they didn't want no part of that stuff because mm -hmm. i don't you know how r kelly he you know he he, he always talking about creeping and peeping and and, and doing all kind of things <laughs> and they didn't want no in this era of me too you know they didn't you know want nothing to do with that right so um, they said that it was an unauthorized release of his music and it was stolen music. Attorney mm -hmm. Jennifer uh, Bojan told the Hollywood Reporter. So I don't understand this, but we're going to go to a, a quick clip and then we're going to come back with the rest of our commentary. Yeah, Judy, this new album release seems to be a surprise to even R. Kelly. ABC7 just spoke with his attorney. She tells us this was an unauthorized release, that Kelly was not aware of it, and that he is not profiting off of the album entitled, I Admit It. Disgraced Grammy Award winning singer R. Kelly, now with what seems to be a new album titled I Admit It, but its release shrouded in mystery. It comes after a federal jury in Chicago convicted Kelly in September for producing child pornography and enticing girls for sex. He's already serving 30 years in federal prison after another guilty verdict in New York back in June for racketeering and sex trafficking. ABC7 independently confirming the album was released today on all major platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. The album ends with three songs where he apparently addresses those allegations that have left him behind bars as, quote, silly. 
And in those songs, he does not actually admit to anything, despite the title. Legacy Records, a division of Sony, had no comment about the sudden album, but confirmed that it was not released under their label. And Apple Music and Spotify have since removed the album from their platforms. Kelly is set to be sentenced in his Chicago case in February. All right, we're going to bring Chan up, my cousin Chan Harris. She's going to come up, and uh, we're going to we're going to jump back into the story. But I wanted to get her online tonight because she's she's doing a wonderful thing in Indianapolis, and I want her to um, tell us about um, um, a charity that she's doing. And I really feel like this would be something that should be a uh, non for profit. But this is just something that she's doing out of the the kindness of her heart every year. And I just wanted to interview her really quick and hopefully she can stick around for a little bit and help us do the rest of these stories. Cause you know, she going she gonna keep it real. She, you think I'm off the hook. She's off the hook, but we're going to bring her up online and um, have her tell us about what she's doing. And if you guys want to um, help her in her efforts to help the less fortunate out, um, she's going to tell you how you can. All Hello. right. Welcome to the live stream. Hi. You know, we're doing a little something different now. Yeah, I see that. I'm trying to, uh, give me a second. I'm trying to get myself together now. Okay, okay. I'm trying to find some good lightning. How y'all doing this, <laughs> this evening? We're doing wonderful. We're doing wonderful. Popeye's <laughs> chicken is the best chicken. Yes. <laughs> okay, I think Ooh, I got some good lightning. All, All right. right. So, um, tell us, um, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Tell us what you've been up to and um, what you have going on these days, and um, tell us about what you're what you're doing on um, this holiday season to kind of bring light to those that are less fortunate. Um, so what I've been doing is working. A lot of people don't know, but I got a new job. I work at Eskenazi now, so you know that that job's been kind of kicking my butt. Praise but, God, though. <laughs> thank you, Lord. But as far as the drive, this is my third year uh, giving back to the community. Um, so what I'm doing is doing it. I'm organizing a hat, scarf and glove drive because this is the mm -hmm. season where it gets really, really cold outside. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, she's fine. I think she just had to step oh. off um, camera so, for a minute. No, so I noticed around this time that, it, you know, it gets really cold. Um, so how I came about doing this is uh, one year. Me and my youngest daughter were um, giving away Thanksgiving leftovers uh, downtown mm -hmm. and as we were giving away the food we noticed that you know a lot of homeless people were like bundled up um didn't have coats you know it looks like it looked like they were like bundled together trying to you know reserve heat or whatever mm -hmm. but i came across a friend of mine an old, old childhood friend of mine uh his name was manny you know rest in peace <laughs> Yeah, rest in peace, definitely. But uh, he was one of the people downtown, and, you know, he looked ashamed, like he didn't want to take anything, but I noticed that, you know, he didn't have anything. So I was like, you know what, moving forward, I'm just going to do more than just food. I'm going to, you know, start taking up donations to give these people hats and gloves and scarves so they can at least be a little warm, you know, mm -hmm. during holidays. And it's just a nice gift to give back you know, on top of giving them food. So, you know, glory be, you know, glory to God. This is my third year organizing this and, you know, things are coming together and I'm noticing each and every year um, I'm starting to get, you know, more and more people are starting to donate. I'm able mm -hmm. to get 
stuff. And it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, I I don't always get a lot of donations. So um, what a lot of people don't know is, is when I don't get a lot of stuff, I come out of my pocket. Out of mm. my pocket and I um, substitute, you know, I, I pick up where, you know, everybody has lacked. So yeah. I, I come out of my own pocket and I, I give the rest, you know, where where we lack or whatever. So, right. yeah. So let me ask you this: uh, How can people, if they if they want to donate, or even if they want to come out and assist? Because let's be honest with you, like, or even if there's men in the community that want to even come out and just kind of like make sure you guys are okay. Because let's be honest with you, a lot going on in the community. I think even them coming out and just kind of just you know making sure you guys are okay. How can they? Um, get in contact with you or how can they assist in this um, if they want to get involved? Oh, great. Good question. Um, if you want to donate, I mean, I prefer not taking money because I know people are really iffy uh, yeah. when they start to ask for money. Quote right. Um, so what I, I've been encouraging people to do is either get in my inbox or Candace Baker. Her name is Queen Candace Baker on uh, Facebook, you can either inbox myself under Chan Harris or Queen Candace Baker and uh, let us know, you know, whatever it is you want to donate. You can, I prefer you buy the items like the hats, right. gloves, the scarves, uh, the toiletries, toothpaste, things of that nature that we can stuff into these Gladlock bags, or you can donate Gladlock bags, you can donate your time, mm -hmm. whatever. But you can get in our inbox and just let us know, and we'll come to the location and pick up these items. You know, because yeah. I know a lot of people don't like traveling, but, you know, I'm doing this for a good cause. So I have no problem traveling uh, myself or Candace. Um, yeah, so, yeah, just, like I said, if you want to if you want to donate or anything, you can contact myself or Candace Baker and just let us know in the inbox. Um, we will be posted up um, December 24th in front of Central Library downtown. That's 40 East St. Clair Street. And we will start um, serving, um, which we're, this year we're serving chili. Um, we're going to start oh, wow. serving chili and wow. items from 10 until. Now, I did make flyers. Unfortunately, it's not done today. I left it on my desk at work. Um, so I'm, I do apologize for that. But I will post that. Some, I will start going downtown tomorrow, like posting around like Wheeler Mission or the Damien Center thing, or the, the gas station, which is where they hang out at on mm -hmm. East Street. I will be hanging up flyers around the community, um, letting people know that we are doing this as well. Wow, that's awesome. So what is the future of this? Like, what, what do you envision um, in the upcoming years? Do you do you um, see yourself expanding, maybe even um, to other times of the year, or uh, maybe trying to get um, a 501c3 or whatever, or get... Um, other um, communities, I mean, different organizations involved. What do you envision? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am hoping to grow future-wise because, like I said, this is the third year and things are really picking up. I'm, I'm getting a lot more help. Um, more people are wanting to volunteer. I'm getting more and more donations. So, yes, future-wise, I am hoping to make this a nonprofit organization to where, you know, I don't have to come out of pocket and, 
you know, dip into mm-hmm. my own income and, and, and give back yeah. to the community or whatever. Um, but I did meet some really nice people that I do post up with, that I have posted up with uh, the past two years um, mm-hmm. that have, you know, we've agreed to actually come together as a whole and, you know, try to do this yearly. But yes, future wise, wow. I'm hoping to grow and, you know, hopefully expand into not just doing Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving or, you know, mm-hmm. really just daily being able to give back to people. Um, this is just a vision of mine. So I'm just trying to live it out. I just, I, and I, I really want to commend you because it's just really sad that uh, we're supposed to be, especially those that are true believers in Christ, we're supposed to go out into the hedges and the highways. You're supposed to go out into the world and minister to the people, but you don't really see the church out here doing this. And it's sad that it takes just every average day, you know, average everyday people to get out here and do what the church should be out here doing. They're so quick to always take your tithes and offering and guilt and shame you into giving it to them. But then you don't see any of them out here doing, doing the work. And then you have women out here doing the work. You know what I mean? Where's, where's the men out here? Like where's, the men in the church, what are y'all doing? Are y'all out here in the streets? Because it don't make no sense that y'all are out here doing the work and these churches constantly have their hands out. And then some of y'all still ain't learned throughout the pandemic. Y'all still ain't learned. Y'all still running down to these churches, giving these churches all y'all money, and they're not doing the work. So um, I just really feel that we need to um, really step up and support this cause. You know, um, mm-hmm. because we need to always remember that it could be you tomorrow. It's somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Amen. you know, um, and, and, yes. and before you want to judge somebody, you yes. don't know where these people could have been. They could have had homes. They, these could have been veterans. And you know how this country, how we throw away veterans. You know what I mean? You don't know. You really don't know. So let's, let's just do the right thing. Um, but and I, I just got a story to tell in hindsight to what um, we're talking about. So this actually happened to me last year, and you know I cannot make this up. So as I'm setting up downtown in front of the Central Library, uh, mind you, I told you there's other people that come and and do it as well. So as I'm setting up this uh, older lady that the, I guess they had, um, she wasn't the owner of the the other organization that was there she was actually down there setting up as well waiting on the guy to come so as i'm setting up it's uh me candace dare and my youngest daughter her name is nakaya uh we're down there setting up and as we're doing this and we're giving a, you know we started before them they were still setting up actually as we were serving um so she taps me and goes uh excuse me uh do you have a permit to be here and i'm like no i don't i didn't know that i had to have a permit being here mind you before i finish this story let me just say this was a church woman that's why I said wow. she taps me on my shoulder and says excuse me do you uh have a permit to be here i was like no i don't i didn't think i had to actually me and my family were down here last year serving giving away bags and nobody said anything about um mm. uh you know uh permit or whatever she was like well you're gonna have to move oh we like what me and candace looked at each other and you know we like we just keep serving so the gentleman comes the one that it was actually his organization and the one that had the permit for that spot so you know we 
getting ready to wrap up and leave because she she's like tripping down. And he was like, um, you know, thank you. You're doing great things for Darren. I was like, yeah, but we probably about to go because she's saying we got to have a permit. He was like, who told you that? I was like, she did. And I pointed to the older lady. He was like, I have the permit for this spot. This is my spot. He was like, you don't have to go nowhere. He was like, set your table back up and keep serving. We going to do this all together as a whole. Mm. And it was just like a true blessing. So as time went on, you know, mind you, I got all this stuff. People started like coming up, like giving, uh, I think I had some Dunkin' Donuts and all this other stuff. So she comes around the table and she was like, um, this is what you're serving them, these hard donuts? And I'm telling oh, oh, wow. wait a minute. <laughs> she was like, so you serving the community, these hard donuts? But you was eating it, though. You was eating the donut. That's what threw me off. And it's just like, I'm telling y'all, I'm, I'm telling y'all this because God was me. Seneca, you know how my mouth is. Twala, you know how my mouth is. See, you know how I am. God held my tongue because I did not prank out. I didn't give that lady no energy or nothing because it was right. just like you could tell she was upset that I was posted there, but I don't understand. It goes back to what you're saying. You're a woman of God. You're, you're supposed to be a woman of God. It bothered you that bad that I was giving back to somebody else on your turf when we could have just came together as a whole, as everybody else said, you were the only one complaining. But, but that's that's always us though. That's that's our community though. We always wanna we always want to crap on the next person that's trying to do something instead of working together. Have y'all heard of that yeah. that phrase working together works? So why can't we work together? You can mm -hmm. do more together than than apart. So I don't understand what's the big what's the big to do. It's not like nobody was making profit off of it, it's not nothing that's exactly. going so I don't understand why we are like that. And then we wonder why people do not have respect for these institutions that we call churches because of y'all. Everything people. the competition. Who yep. do it better? Right. right. Yeah, Twala, I'm gonna uh, uh introduce Twala to the to the uh to um the stream tonight. Uh, she's gonna come <laughs> in and help us out. We got a couple more stories. Um, I really want to thank everybody. Like, I really like this this um string yard. Um, I think it's more interactive, and I, I really think going forward we're going to do it like this because we've been having a lot of people coming in and out tonight watching the show. So um, this is going to be something. As I was guys telling um, C earlier, we're going to be starting next year. I'm, I'm going to be starting Urban Wire um, Radio, so I'm going to start my internet radio station next year. Well, you know, I've been moving the sounds, but, you know, I've got some things in the work. So we're going to be um, starting Urban Wire Radio next year. We're going to still do the podcast, but we're going to air a lot of our show, our shows on there. I'm in um, works with a couple other people. We're going to be getting some shows and stuff together, producing some shows. So I'm really excited about it. Like So um, just be on the lookout for that. Um, but I want to get y'all opinion on Jamal Brown. We were just talking about him. I know I'm going to go back to this for a minute. What do y'all feel about him? Like I told, see what's gonna be next. Y'all gonna be, uh, it's gonna be crack for Christ. Y'all gonna be using that that terminology in the church. Like, what do y'all feel about him promoting selling drugs, like dope, in the church? Pretty much. Like, what do y'all feel about that? Inform me. He's doing what? He's girl. Let me play this clip for y'all one more time. Cause I think some of y'all came in late. You gotta yeah. hear this. Is that that pastor that was selling that weed? Yeah, he, he, he was. Said, he, girl, he was the. He was the pastor that um, took over Bishop Eddie Long's church. Y'all know that, right? Really? No, I didn't know that. 
Yes. So yeah, here, here he is. the pastor that had all those sidekicks. All them, yeah, yeah. What? All them young oh, boys. No, not, now y'all lost me now. He was yes. married on Housewives of Potomac. Yes, that's him. Yeah. So let me play this real quick, y'all. Let me play this real quick so y'all know what I'm talking about. Smell like weeds. No, 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 really is... <laughs> New Birth is the largest land-owning black church in America. And so my position to my deacons is why aren't we not raising cannabis? I'll be able to bring in black males. They're able to do it legally. Mm. I'm teaching them farming. Oh, my God. I'm helping them to enhance the ecosystem. Uh, this is the kind of conversation. So if the guy, black boy in Bankhead said, they were on weed at the church? Where do I join? Yes. I don't need no pamphlet for him. That's a damn shame. A, a shame. You you ain't teaching them financial literacy. You teaching them how to grow dope and sell dirt. And then you, you using these young black boys as a means to come up. I don't have respect for that. Like, don't try to sit up here and try to mask it. You, you trying to mine your pockets full of money. That's all you're doing. And then you using these young black young black boys or these young black men so that you can come in there hustle, have them grow the weed, have them toil the ground, do all this, that, and the other so you can line your pockets. I just don't have respect for that. I, I just don't. It just To me, it just I mean, you, you pushing and I'm not judging you do what you do but like, you promoting you, you slanging dope in the church. It's just it's pretty much what you're doing. Like, that's just how I feel about it. I don't know. I just, it's just, it's sad. But we're going to move on. Um, I got a couple more stories. And um, did y'all hear about Patty LaBelle? Did y'all hear about that? Mm -mm. They said that um, in a recent concert, um, they had to rush her off the stage because oh, there yeah, was I a did. bomb threat. I said, baby, to where she ran off that damn stage, baby. <laughs> Honey, you, and mm -hmm. I, I tell people, it's two things that Payla Bell don't play about. She don't play about her 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 cooking, and she sure as hell don't play about her music. And the way mm -hmm. she ran off that damn stage, boy, she had some of them damn patty pies in the oven burning up, and she had to brush off that damn stage. <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. we're going to go to this clip. I want y'all to see this, because, baby, she's like, she's about to go in on them security <laughs> guards. So we're going to go to this clip, and I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. Patty LaBelle rushed off stage mid-concert. She and her fans were forced to evacuate the venue due to a bomb threat. I give 10,000% every time I go on that stage. You will never get a sorry show from me. You're going to always get the top of my ability. It all went down on Saturday during Patty's Milwaukee show at the Riverside Theater. In a video shared to Twitter, the 78-year-old singer is having a heart-to-heart -heart with fans after receiving flowers. Moments later, her security runs on stage, seemingly letting her know about the incident before escorting Patty away. Immediately after, you can hear the commotion from the crowd. What? 
According to reports, the Milwaukee police provided a statement saying the building was, quote, safely evacuated. Law enforcement shared an update later that evening, adding that no bombs were detected at the venue and there's no threat to the public at this time. ET has reached out to Patti LaBelle's reps for comment. Meanwhile, organizers from the Riverside Theater shared a statement informing fans that they are working with Patti to reschedule the show. What have your fans meant to you who come and see you and when you're able to see those fans in person again? It's the best feeling ever. I, um, I'm blessed to have an audience who will buy a Patti LaBelle ticket and just love on the show. They cry, they laugh, uh, they meet new friends at my shows and sometimes you would look at an audience, it's half white and half black, but they're all together and they end up holding hands. It's like. It's like a gumbo. My, my sh I feel like I'm a part of a gumbo, and I bring it all together. You're the roux. Yeah, I'm the roux, right? Girl, uh-uh. Did you see how they, she ran off that damn steak? Honey, she, like, she had some damn fried chicken on the, uh, on the stove. She said she got to get the fried chicken out that damn roux, honey. Baby, well, like, I, you know, how good child. she was at 78, though. I'm telling you, she it, look good. That Bob was bobbing, wasn't it, Charlie? Well, bobbing and weaving, girl. <laughs> she said, Honey. "Wait a minute!" They rushed her off that stage so fast. <laughs> mm. Baby, she ain't no mm -hmm. way in. Poor but I, just, mm. I, I, I really, I'm gonna tell you, I love Patty Labelle. That um, I remember, remember when we Chen, when we went down to see her at the Black Expo, she still had that red. She had that red outfit on now. Now she That's was her showing a little outfit, ain't it? She took that thing from state to state wearing that same outfit. Wait a minute, but she tried to remix it because you know when she was at the expo, it was a pants outfit, but now she coming out on the stage, she had the same top on, and then she now she got that dress showing, you know, showing some of that leg and that kneecap. <laughs> you know, she had to remix it a little bit now. Oh, she had to what? grease them legs up. <laughs> Baby, yeah, honey, let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, I was willing to throw that in there. Um, there's another story because we got we got a couple more stories uh to do, and then we're gonna jump up off of here. Y'all heard about Brittany Griner, she's back home, thank God. Yes, um, we're gonna go to that clip, and then um, after that, we're gonna talk about a man down in Texas. I happened to just run into this this story about this man that was literally in this bar raping other men like what wow he he took what he wanted honey you hear me he took them damn cookies cakes and pies and but we're gonna get to that in a minute so we're gonna go to the story dealing with britney griner then we're gonna come back um and talk about that and then um then we got a couple more stories because this is gonna go to our trade tales like we're gonna talk about trade a little bit Ooh. in the church and then we're gonna jump up off of here so we're gonna go to this clip and i'll be right back WNBA star and Houston native Brittany Griner speaking out for the first time since her release from a Russian prison. Griner was released as part of a prisoner swap in exchange for a notorious Russian arms dealer. Meanwhile, former Marine uh, Paul Whelan remains behind bars in Russia after the White House failed to negotiate his release. A spokesperson for Griner says she's thankful to be home but is quite heartbroken that Whelan remains imprisoned. She's thinking about his family and talked about her intention to call them as soon as she gets home. And... You know, she's really committed to telling the stories and making sure that, you know, this population of wrongfully detained Americans, that people know their names. 
Griner's agent says Whelan and his family remain in Griner's thoughts. Wow. Yeah, yeah they were talking about how um, a lot of people are upset that Brittany Griner, they've been kind of poking fun. And I'm not going to even get on the outside community. I'm going to talk about the black community and the hypocrisy in our community because everybody was like, we're always talking about how people should be black first, but everybody was pretty much not trying to get on board with this because this woman was a part of the LGBT community or she was lesbian. But still at the same time, you always want to talk about your black first before everything else, but nobody was wanting to support her. And it's just kind of funny that we didn't really want to get behind and, and rally behind this, 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 this um, young woman that was, jailed for something that was ridiculous about, you know, she had like a, a small gram of like hemp hemp oil or whatever. And it's just kind of sad that we, we as a community, we want to separate ourselves. Like, you know, instead of us coming together and sticking up for one another, we always want to separate ourselves. And then we wonder why um, the world doesn't respect us. You know what I mean? And it's just it's just sad. But I, I really am thankful that she's she's home. Um, but there's just been a lot of controversy behind this whole thing. And it's just sad that it, it she was detained for almost a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But see, what do you feel about the whole situation with Brittany mm-hmm. Griner? And do you think that that was ridiculous for um, her being over there? And do you think this was just all a political pun? Mm. Um. First of all, let me say, you know, that I am happy that, you know, she's finally home, but it is absolutely ridiculous whether or not she's in another country or whatever the case may be. Um, like it was completely ridiculous. And also on top of that, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think originally they were saying that they were going to um, give her what, like nine years or something like yeah. that they did. for, you know, whatever it is that she had. And that was absolutely absurd because honestly, when it comes to something like that, that didn't even qual- that didn't even qualify because you have to qualify for certain years as far as those type of aspects are concerned. So the fact of the matter is, is that they wanted to just put it on an individual that was black. And, and this mm. is just coming from being transparent, you're in a country that's already of communism anyway. So you yeah. have a black person coming in right and they're like, okay, part. yeah. So let's go ahead and let's give her the maximum time. And that is absolutely crazy. And then having to spend almost a year in there for that. Come on. No. Uh-uh. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it was just unfortunate that she had to, you know, tolerate all, all of that time there. But that government is just absolutely crazy. It's it's something wrong with that, you know, and I want to know, like. I'm sorry, what you say? Did even- didn't Dennis Rodman help get her out, too? You, you said who? Dennis Rodman. I'm not sure. I know that there, there were several um, people that were speaking out against it. They want, we had somebody they wanted, right? And they yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a trade. Yeah, it was a yeah. trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, mm. but we still got another citizen stuck over there. Does anybody know what he did? The reporter. Yeah, he was like a reporter or something like that. So what yeah. did he do? That's why I was a little confused. And he's been there longer. 
But you got to look at it. You got to look at it too. Like those people probably did little or nothing to even be detained by those. But you see, see how long they were trying to keep Brittany Griner into prison. We got to know better, stay from over there because yeah. you know the the rule the uh, rules that apply over here don't apply over there. They're a lot stricter. Yeah. Right. Right. And and and, and here's the thing: like I tell people all the time. We, we as the American citizens, we don't know what the United States are doing, what they're doing in other countries, the dirt that they're doing. So we're the ones that are being impacted by that. When we go, like, we, we can be just something innocent as just going to visit another country or she was working over there. Like, they'll find any way to, like, call themselves getting back at the United States because we don't know the dirt as the American people that they're doing in these countries. You know what I mean? So we have to keep in mind, like like you said, Chan, when when we travel, you always need to know um, what, you know, you, you just have to, you just have to play it safe. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like even right now with um, tensions being high as they are, um, especially even, I know Biden's the president now, but like even like after Trump, that's, that's a lot of countries that hate us still. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we don't, we're walking into like a a, a a den alliance sometimes when we go into these other countries. We don't know what these people feel about us. And then we go into these countries and then we're not abiding by their rules or we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And then this is what happens. Like, so it's just a precautionary tale. Like, you know, when people that like to travel, you just kind of kind of need to know um, the customs. You need to know the rules. You need to lo- know the laws and regulations when you're traveling because this can happen to to anybody. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and and I'm really fascinated to know. I know she has a lot of stories. I know she's seen a lot of stuff while she was over there. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really think she has really said much since she's been back. No, she hasn't. But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. So I'm on the interview because I'm telling you what, I'm gonna be tuned in to that. Because I, I she tells her story i think um, but you know what i think okay. some good is going to come out of this because i i really feel that after this i think she's going to be probably worth a lot more money now because a lot yeah. of people going to want to come and see her and yeah. i think that she could probably if she really markets this right she could probably make make a, a, a pretty decent bag out of this mm. or absolutely she's really, smart, if she's really smart i wouldn't say anything just do a book write a book that's true. That mug is going to sell because I'm going to, let me tell you, I'm going to buy it because I want to know what happened too. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's all so, about marketing point. Yeah. Did I ask y'all guys, Um, did y'all hear about the art? I know we talked about this earlier, but I didn't know you guys weren't in here yet, but did you guys hear about that R. Kelly album that came out? Yes, a bit. Or Child, and he had the nerve time I act like he didn't know that somebody put that sh- that money out now, you know, good as damn well. You you in that prison system and you need some money for them zoom zooms and wham whams. And, and you know <laughs> that you like you ain't gonna sit here and tell me that somebody took a whole body of work and put it out here and you didn't know nothing about it. I don't believe that. I I don't believe that. Like I really don't believe that totally. Like, and then they said that Spotify and uh Apple Music. Okay. I guess they probably was under fire and they, they, they took the whole it, right? album down. Yeah, they pulled that yeah. album. Yeah. But, I, I mean, but it. it's on YouTube now. 
But, but I it feel ain't no different. Did you know when he, uh, well, though. Huh, Twala? I said, I feel like some of them parents should get in trouble as well. Oh, yes. Be, they be held accountable. I'm with you on that. Because like, see, I, when, I, when social media starts screaming that out, you ain't heard nothing else. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you probably pretty much probably still had them, honey, them them silly ass women, some of those silly ass women panties moist as Duncan Hines takes. Mm-hmm. Honey, they when that damn um <laughs> you know. or that, that 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 project came out, they probably was happy. <laughs> honey, I mean, and it's sad. Like, how can we take women like victims serious? Like when you have women over here. Lusting after him, like how can we take them serious? No, going to sacrifice their kids for that fame and money. My my my, right? Because he didn't have no rights to his label, his songs and stuff. Like I feel like they should get, you know, just as much time as he. Nah, furthermore, did y'all hear about him calling that that man having him call his daughter from jail, singing happy birthday? Yep, she was 15. And they, no, they, they no. tried to get him in trouble for that, too. He got an outside case for that. Now, why would you call that baby and sing happy birthday and you know you in trouble? No, Boy, R. Kelly, he's you a... You knew damn... Excuse me, you knew my language, but you knew damn well picking up that phone, calling that baby, you would go catch another charge. <laughs> you deserve that charge. And why, would, and why would a man in jail even allow you to just Pick up the phone and say, hey, I want to surprise my daughter. Sing happy birthday to her. Boy, you need to be charged, too. It's Robert Kelly, honey. <laughs> and he is sad because he ain't never been to jail. He don't know no better. He was being scammed the whole time. The yeah. whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, honey, let's... I got a couple more stories I want to get through. Um, we talked about a lot of serious stuff earlier on. We talked about that um, Stephen Twitch, the um, uh, oh, Stephen Boss. Oh, that was that sad. Was so sad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, oh, that's yeah. all I was telling. We did put up the number, and I'm gonna put this up again because I really feel like mental health is something yes. that is, we we don't take serious. I'm gonna put up the suicide prevention number. Anybody that's going through, and I'm just going to put this up again because I really feel that we need to get involved as a community. We mm. need to, when you see something, say something. That's what they say all the time, right? Mm-hmm. If you know anybody that is um, suicidal or if you yourself are having thoughts of suicide, you need to call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or dial um, 988. That's for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. We have to do better as a community when it comes to dealing with these topics, dealing with mental health, because it's something that I think that we we have always just brushed under the rug and we we don't take serious as a community. So I just wanted to go back to that. Um, that's a North, another story. I want to get to this story. I was telling you about that man that was that violated that man. I'm going to go to this story because I was shocked. I accidentally ran into this story. I didn't know this. This took place in Texas. Mm. But, honey, this goes to show you, y'all women out here, y'all don't know what these men are doing. Mm-hmm. And this this is crazy. He sodomized this man. Like, he raped this man. Like, and then it, he he did it for, like, before the cops showed up. So we're going to mm-hmm. go to this clip, and then we're going to come right back. 
22 years, that is how long Felix Valle will spend in prison for sexually assaulting a man inside of a Houston area bar. KPRC 27 Clark joining us live from downtown Houston tonight where the Harris County District Attorney's Office, Devin, is speaking publicly about this case. Daniela, prosecutors proved that that brutal attack lasted longer than 20 minutes. It involved a beatdown with a bar stool, a gun, sodomy. One of the people involved handed down a hefty sentence today, a second soon to meet her fate. There's just no motive that could explain the behavior of the defendants. The details are chilling. On the night of the freeze in Houston, when pipes were bursting and power was out at the Fountainhead Bar, off of LN1960, uh, our victim and other friends that in the bar were attacked. The culprits, Felix Valle and Ariel Cordoba, a couple who tried to convince the victim to pay for sex with Cordoba, but he refused. They broke items on him, used a gun, shots were fired, and he sustained serious life-threatening injuries. It was a prolonged attack that lasted more than 20 minutes before officials arrived and arrested the couple. The bar stool was used because it was broken over the head uh, of the defend of the victim as he's there unconscious on the floor. Uh, he additionally, he was nearly kicked to death. While the victim was unconscious, Valet, who has a lengthy violent criminal history, also sodomized him. Sexual violence affects men too. One in four men in this country will experience contact sexual violence in their lifetime. Trauma therapist Chow Wen says the residual effects of sexual violence are the same for men and women. PTSD, anxiety, depression, withdrawal, isolation. So we need to talk about it and normalize these conversations. We're told that attack was so brutal, the victim doesn't even remember it. Again, Valet, who is 38 years old, was given 82 years in prison for aggravated sexual assault. Cordoba, who is 31 years old, pleaded guilty, and she's expected to be sentenced later on this month. Now, as for men and women who are victims of sexual violence, advocates want you to know that there are resources, and there is no shame in coming forward. We'll list those resources on our website, click2houston.com. Reporting live downtown, Devin Clark, KP. PRC to news. Wow. That is crazy. Can you imagine 20 minutes? I mean, that has to feel like forever. Eternity, eternity like that. It's some sick mm. people out here. And, and that's the thing. Like, what do y'all feel about that? Do you think a lot of times when we talk about sexual assault, do we kind of ignore the fact that, and this can go into a array of we can go in many directions with this, but do you think that a lot of times um, men or even young boys that are sexually um, violated, do you think that that, that goes unheard of? Like, in, 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 like, what do you feel about that? Like, do you think even us as a community, do we think when we think about sexual assault, do we kind of neglect the young boy, like the young, our young boys? I think you do because I mean I don't like you said it's not taken as seriously as if it was a woman being assaulted or raped or victimized. It's just like I don't know why that is though because I feel like it should be treated as equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, man, I said, did you? I don't know if y'all, if you can, got you can guys can see the clips on y'all end, but did you guys see what that man looked like? He yeah. had all them tattoos on his damn yeah. face. I he looked crazy. He looked like he a looked straight up degenerate. Too. 
She's not crazy yeah, and I'm too. like, you as a woman, like y'all both. It it just, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand it. It's just I don't understand it either. All this stuff out here is for free, and you out here taking. Mm-hmm. Child. <laughs> when there's people out here willing to give it up for free. Right. Yeah, you're right though. See, what do you feel about this situation? You know. <laughs> It is, you know, and, and and I always say that it's unfortunate because you have people that are out here that, you know, that they're all about what they want and they could care less about the next person. You know, like mm-hmm. other people's feelings does not matter. And the fact of the matter that this person done that for an elongated period of time and just victimized somebody like that. That means that they didn't care about the atmosphere. They didn't care about, you know, somebody finding out or whatever the case may be. They wanted what they wanted. And, you know, and it's just sad. And and people like that just need to be locked up, locked away, never get out, whatever. It's, you know, and it's just sad. Like it, like it really is in hell. You know, the way the person looked, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what in the world is going on here? You know, it's just... You know, it's sad. It is It is very sad. But I do want to add that I did put a message in the chat that I do have a Zoom at 845. Okay. All right. All right. We want to yeah. really thank you for coming on. And we're going to wrap up yes. the show. But yes. see, it's always a pleasure to have you. And we will be looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. So have a good night. Yes. And um, I hope all goes well. And those of you, um, check out seastreats.com. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Oh, it's the holiday yeah. season, and I know she's doing that dang on thing. So yes, and Chan, and I would like to say to Chan, and I didn't get to chime in, but I am very proud of you. I am happy for you, and also just see if you can collaborate with a lot of the stores because they will match you as far as you know the things that you're doing in the community. They they will um, help you with stuff like that. So oh, if you nice. write a letter, yeah. So if you write a letter of volunteerism and you send it to a lot of stores, they actually have an allotted amount of time or a time frame that they will assist with that. Oh, so okay. I just wanted to offer that to you. And um, and I and the last thing that I do want to say is that do not let anybody deter you from doing this. If this is what God placed in your heart to do, then you do that and don't care about what other people think. Period. So, thank you. Well, uh, have a good night. And I will be in contact with you. Yeah, you know, we know we'll talk. You know. (laughs) Absolutely. Talk to y'all later. I love you. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Love y'all too. Bye bye. All right, right, guys. Um, we have a couple more um stories that we're gonna do, and we're gonna jump up off of here. Uh, these are two church stories, honey. Now, first, we did y'all hear about um. Juanita Bynum and what she what she did now. No. Girl, so she said she was in the studio. Now tell me if this makes sense. She was in the studio at three o'clock in the morning. And she said her uh this pastor or this uh pastor Matthew Stevens just happened to come into her studio at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I want y'all to hear what she said and tell me if this makes sense. We talked about this earlier, but I want to get y'all opinion on this. Well, wait, he did work. I was sitting in prayer in my studio. I had just finished praying. And the door unlatched. 
And I looked up because it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I said, somebody's coming in my studio at this hour. And it was Apostle Stevenson. And when I looked up and I saw him coming, he came to me. But he didn't just come to me, he came in me. Ooh, what? Wait a minute. What? Did, did you hear what she said? Oh, I heard her. Oh, Lord. Now, you know how some people might have a slip and say something now. But the reason why I'm kind of giving this story the side eye because it's everything you said leading up to it. What are you doing in the studio at three o'clock in the morning? And then he just happens to come in, girl. Right. How did he know you were there? Sound like it was a hookup. Mm-hmm. On the low. Child, I just miss. I don't know what's going on with. Juanita, if you wanted the mm -hmm, the D, <laughs> just say that. Don't be trying to sugarcoat it. Hey right. girl, you ain't had to tell the conversation about that, that girl. Story. Sanctified fake testimony. Girl, yeah. get out of here. You ain't leave first lady like you said you was right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm about to tell this testimony right here, right now, and put you on blast. Child. To uh to a stranger, it may have sound good, but to somebody like me, I, I see right through it. Man. Okay. You probably what probably happened is is he came. In you, it wasn't what you expected. Now you're trying to put him on black. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> you know, I think Juanita Bonnie, you know, she messy anyway, girl. And messy. That's why I'm you remember. Really you remember a couple years ago, she had girl. Y'all remember a couple years ago that story when um she went to go pre preach at that church and that pastor she said that she didn't want to uh preach. She stayed in that hotel room. Uh, because she said the man came in to check to see if the hotel was okay because she, you know, just to make sure she made an excuse because she didn't want to preach. She said, well, he came in the room and seen my panties and my bra on the bed. Oh, so that's why. <laughs> so what? she used that as an excuse. And then I, she, because to me, if you felt violated that much, why did you stay in a hotel for an extra couple days? Like just chilling <laughs> in the hotel. <laughs> so you was Damn. trying to get a free trip and you took the money, and you didn't get. The, I heard you didn't even get the money back. Wow, that's why I'm fool with her. I can't listen to her too long because she be making me mad. She always doing crazy stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. Something. No, I ain't gonna get into that because I ain't trying to get sued. Because I'm gonna tell you some stuff somebody <laughs> said allegedly. Allegedly, somebody <laughs> said it's. For I'm gonna say allegedly because I'm not saying it's true or not. But somebody said there's a video out there. I was watching King Giles. He was saying somebody said somebody said they had a video out there. They said that she was uh doing some cocaine on or snorting some cocaine off this woman's tits. Wow. Snorting that. I don't know. I'm not yeah. But but she did admit though in a video that she did have um lesbian uh relationships or encounters in the past, though. Mm. This is before she was just ain't no it's to me, that's that screams out. There's no limit to Juanita. Like she yeah. got a little dark, allegedly got a dark past about her um, that she's trying to keep hidden. Just something about that lady is just it doesn't scream. Um, uh, it just gives me false prophet vibes. And, and like I said, she's very charismatic. I mean, she has to get the gab. I'm, I'll never take that from her. She's a good speaker. But I just feel like something has happened recently in, in the past 
several years to a couple years to where her mental health is not where it should be. Like yeah. she she be in these hotel rooms. Like she just be like, I just I don't know what's going on with her mentally. I don't just know like something. Kelly Price. We don't know what's going on with her. She's she's acting just like Kelly Price. Mm-mm. Secretive, distant, weird. But Kelly, yeah. been like that. I'm gonna tell you what Kelly Price. She ain't wrong. always been not Kelly Price. She ain't always been like that. Let me tell you though. I'm gonna tell you what Kelly Price went wrong. Kelly Price went wrong going on that reality show. Like, yes. remember R&B Divas? Yeah, in LA? you're right. I yeah, think that right. that show. I think a lot of times when re- uh, certain celebrities go on these reality shows, I think it really tarnishes their brand because a lot of people don't really know who these people are. They just know them for their music. But then yeah. when you get to really see how toxic they are, like, but they and Kelly was hard to work with. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Yeah. Yep, they have been saying that too. Yep. Yeah. And I so, just didn't get that, feel that vibe from her until I seen that re- uh, TV show. I was like, yeah. oh, she thinks she's just above and beyond. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and then, and then, and then, just on the Breakfast Club being, um, Real nonchalant with like Charlemagne and DJ Envy. Like she was being real, like she wasn't really trying to answer no questions. I mean, she was talking, but she was it wasn't candid. Like she left. She you know, yeah, like, just it, she just seemed off, like you said. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let me ask y'all, what do y'all feel? Because I wasn't gonna talk about this, but I was gonna get y'all opinion on this. Like, what do y'all feel about that whole Dwayne Wade and uh Gabrielle Union and then uh the situation with her going back and forth with Lil Boosie? She shouldn't have did that. She should have just yeah, that kept was quiet messy. like she's been doing. Because I, I feel like now it may have, um, like, because with them being quiet, it wasn't bringing on so much attention or whatever. But now it seems like since she says something, now it's just like it kind of made her look bad. She just should have kept but- her mouth shut. Human as, as well. Boosie keep on poking the bear. Yeah, I see both bear. sides. But everybody of it. knows Boosie is he a troll too. So long, so it's like when somebody keep on antagonizing you, you gonna say something. You gonna you know pressure bust yeah. fight. You're gonna mm-hmm. say something regardless. Of, she's human at the end of the day. You keep on just you know if they want to treat their son as you know whatever. Don't That's they child. Yeah, because that's, that's true. Your son, okay. You have your son around strippers and stuff. Ooh, no, you didn't Ooh, know that. Molestation. Yeah, you right about that, you though. Know what I'm so she's not up here dogging you for what you do for your kid, and yeah. you keep on, you know, antagonizing them because of how they treat their kid. Like, I agree, but I was just speaking from like a celebrity standpoint, like you know. I mean, some of the things they say or do may hurt them versus Lucy. If somebody keep antagonizing you, you're going to say something. Yeah. Especially when you keep on questioning. Because I just feel like she hold her and Dwayne Wade hold a a bigger platform than Boosie. You know what I mean? Boosie. That's true. But somebody keep on talking about your kid and your parenting. No, that's true. I agree. I see both sides of it. I really do. I mean, but it kind of makes you wonder, like, celebrities like Beyonce, how can they, how can she keep, sound, like, I, I've always respected her because she's never been out here in these streets windmilling. Like, that's that's one thing I respect never. about her. And, and they never. dog her never. out 
all the time. Her and Jay Z, her kids, it's just, yeah, her chat, yeah, her, yeah. And it's and it's just how do you? It's one of those things. It just comes with the territory, and you got to have thick skin to be mm-hmm. in the industry because if not, you're gonna find yourself like going in all the time because people always got something to say and right. they feel like they can say that to you. They wouldn't do that to the average person on the street, but they feel like since no. you're a celebrity that you you just don't be keep quiet. But the average person in the street, you end up they end up finding your your they ask on the front line somewhere mm-hmm. asking you to come out pull up you know what i mean like you, you right. don't do you don't play with people's kids like that right and it, I, I know some it, people it's have, like it's, an ongoing thing like you not stopping like what how they raising their kids what does that have to do with you absolutely right like yeah. that mm-hmm. change the world how you sleep and how you sleep and how you eat and it's not putting money in your pockets like it's just unnecessary so I feel that she had the right to say whatever she wanted to say because he keep on messing with her. That's true. But let me ask y'all this. Do you think that that was kind of counterproductive or hypocritical of her? Because uh, remember, I don't know if y'all seen the clip. I don't have the clip on here, but she said, she was my, well, I just think Boosie is kind of questionable. He's gay and this, that, and that. Do you think that that's kind of yes, counterproductive? absolutely. Uh, because you can't say that you for the LGBT community, but you and using then that as... That statement exactly yeah, get to see her statement that she made, but I just know he's been antagonizing yeah. for years now since yeah. they came out with a you know transgender son. I just don't care for him. I just I don't I, care for him. He's problematic. It's just something about him that I don't. I just yo, I, I don't. I don't care for him. I just don't. I don't. That's just yeah. It's okay for your son to be carrying AKs and all this other stuff. You're not correcting that. Him and T.I. son going crazy right now. Sure. Speaking of T.I., did y'all hear about the um, escape? Oh, they yeah. Going, yeah, they going back and forth, too, right now. Um, what happened? I, was it? Is it, it Latasha? La- over the red carpet. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. The wardrobe. I was wondering mm-hmm. why I kept seeing that come up on my timeline. So it was that that's what the talk is about the wardrobe. It, what what happened? No, what what where it stemmed from is they've been having like little beasts for years and stuff. But I guess was it Latasha Scott? Her husband got into it with one of the promoters. Mm-hmm. And they they were talking about how well we ain't about to let him go. We gotta finish these shows up. So if you got a problem with him, that's on you. So I guess the divide came came from that because he was like being real disrespectful and they got into it. And I guess she felt that they should have just dropped him as a promoter. And uh-huh. the other the other three ladies said that they didn't want to drop him as a promoter. So I think it stemmed from that. And then honestly, I feel that a lot of the drama stemmed from shit that's been going on behind the scenes for years. Yeah. From- oh, yeah, that could be true. Yeah. And all yeah. that. Because she was so. getting most of the leads. Yeah, it's a lot of competition amongst them. Uh-huh. Even mm-hmm. after that apology, it's just. But I they feel like it's a lot of stuff about to come out too. SWV and Escape. What? They about to have what? A reality show come out on Bravo. Ooh. Ooh. And it's a lot of their problems on their show. So we got going on mm-hmm. up until the mm-hmm. train awards. Oh, okay. That's when that's coming out, 
it, it gotta be soon because that's when uh Candy and Latasha was going back and forth. Wow. Because mm. it happened in the middle of them filming. Ooh, ooh, we girl, honey, it's gonna be hot like that damn fist grease that uh uh mother what's her candy's mama mama joyce be dropping that fish in down there at that old lady's gang, honey. Yeah. Right, let me stop because I was about to I was about to throw some shade, but mm -mm. yeah. So how y'all feel about the Shaquilla Robinson? Oh yes, that's what I was gonna get on. That's one thing story I was gonna get on. I'm glad you guys brought that up. I just feel that with that that entire situation, it was really unfortunate. Like, mm. I feel like that is a um, I I, I think that's a caution precautionary tale that you really need to know who you're dealing with mm. because I just really feel that that's sad that that woman they said that lady Shaquille, like they they went and they were obviously friends to the family, and you're gonna go to that that woman's mother and lie in her face. Well, that's like, what pissed me off. That's what made yeah. me mad. I just I don't know. And then the fight, the fact that she wasn't fighting back, you are you know what I'm saying? You got your one, but you just kept on going. Yeah, it was very hard for me to watch. I couldn't watch it. Like and, and, and then what kind of and, and this, rooting for her, telling her, you know, not trying to break it up. It's just sad. It's just sad. And then, and then did y'all see the dude go live? One of the dudes that was there. Did y'all see his her best dusty dude, man? I just was they, they were dragging him. His story was so conflicted, like it, it didn't even make sense. They and were dragging him though. Like people, they they it to the point to where all them people they was like doxing them people and everything a lot of them they was like moving out of state they they deleted all their social media and everything like it, it was just crazy but this is my thing that bothers me about the situation too and this is about just anything why is it always these dusty dudes always sitting in the background seeing stuff happen uh -huh. and then y'all y'all want to do is record Pick up the phone and record. Then he gonna say, "I ain't yeah. got nothing to do with it. I ain't got nothing to do with it. I well, came last hey, minute, but it's just like I don't know. His story was just very, very off. Like it, it didn't like one plus one, one equaling two with that entire story yeah. that he was saying. I feel like he should have just kept his mouth shut and let the lawyers handle it. And then trying to extort his fam that her family for money after she was dead. What? Now I didn't know that. Yeah, I know that either. Doctor wow. charged $5,000 to see her. Mm -mm. Wow. Yeah, after she was already dead. Damn. Talking about she drank. She was drunk. Girl, I did not know he was trying to extort the family. That is so they crazy. Were, yes, they were trying to get, because she was, she had money. She had multiple businesses and she didn't well, have and, and it could have been jealousy. And then like yeah, they said, was, I think it was jealousy too. Yep. Absolutely. And, and then they said then she paid she paid the trip for all of it. I don't know. She paid Wow. See, y'all telling me stuff I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she paid for the house by herself. That's crazy. But let me ask y'all. Damn, what was I about to ask? I was make a I was about to make a point. Um yeah, I know I was going to say, this is, okay, this is what bothers me. I was watching, y'all know who Funky Donevo is, right? Yes, I do. And this is, and a lot of people dragging him in his comments for saying this, like, 
he was blaming the mother, talking about, well, to me, it don't look good that the mother hasn't cried and she ain't being emotional. I said, well, what? how can you sit there and tell somebody how they should grieve? For one, the you know how black women are when they can, it's time for them to be strong. They're going to be strong. You got to be strong for your daughter in the media. You can't be on the media breaking down, p- putting on a show for these people. I didn't agree with that. Like, who are you to sit there and say oh, yeah. that he the mother out, shouldn't be? He was he was out of pocket for that. And I think sometimes he gets behind himself and he be feeling himself because he be on that uh, Fox Soul now. He done got to a certain plateau and he feels that he can say certain things. You know, I like Funky Donnie, but I follow him. But sometimes he 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 be stretching it a little bit, mm-hmm. and I just kind of feel that he was wrong for saying that. That just that bothers me. That, that just right. bothered bothered me because if for you you don't have a child. You don't have any kids. So for you to sit there and say how somebody should feel, like how, how do you know? You ain't never had, you, you don't have no no kids. You ain't never lost no child. So how are you going to sit there and say how somebody should feel about their child being lost? And how right. when, when and where they should grieve? Like maybe their mother trying to be strong because she's trying to get right. to the bottom of the situation. Right, right. But. Yeah. But that's just to me. That's why I said. That's why I would tell anybody that got kids. You got young daughters, especially the ones that's doing something. You better stop hanging around with these riffraff and these 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 tech heads, girl. Uh-huh. If, if you you need to hang around people that's doing something like you, you gotta hang around like attracts like. You have to hang around with positive people if you're going somewhere because you got people that hate your gut and they will mm-hmm. see your demise. I don't know what the situation was. I don't know why they set the girl up. I don't know what the situation was. But And then it was a whole situation. Did y'all hear about T.S. Madison got involved with? I don't know if y'all heard about that, how they was lying, saying that the girl that beat her up was transgender when it was a lie. Yeah. And, yeah. And T- yeah. And T.S. Madison, the, the only thing T.S. Madison was, she was trying to jump in front of it. She said, y'all putting out this false narrative you don't yep. know how they could. Yep, I harm. heard that. I heard yeah. that. I, I heard T.S. Madison say that. Yes. And did you have Honey Michelle Brown and all them people just going in on? Because you know they don't like her anyway. But I, I agree with T.S. Madison because you got to be careful with what kind of narrative you putting out there. Oh yeah. Because, I, yeah. That was T.S. a mess. Madison didn't say anything wrong. I absolutely one hundred percent agree with what T.S. Madison said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I um, they, but they said they um, they're gonna probably extradite them people back to um Mexico to do that time down there. You know oh, that, don't you? They already, uh, got, they already one got one, right? Yeah, yeah, the girl who fought her. Yeah, girl, and I'm gonna tell you, she gonna probably sing like a canary. Sing like a canary. Oh, you know it. You know it. You and can. I heard them prisons down in no jail time. Cause honey, I heard them prisons down there in Mexico ain't no joke. Yeah. They're gonna be you don't got your black ass down there. Again, like I was telling you, y'all going to these other countries doing this stuff. Y'all think that United States is tough. Man, you don't know what it's like in these other countries. Again, like I told, like we were talking about Brittany Griner. I'm not trying to compare the two crimes, but my thing is you got to know what you're doing when you're going to these other countries. Y'all felt that y'all was going to go to this country, set this girl up, and even kill her. And you think that you was gonna get away from that stuff because it was in a, another country? And man, I'm telling you, they said it is rough down there. I don't know what. But that I girl tell you do. what, even I feel like even if, I feel like if the 
family wasn't going to get justice through the system. They was going to take matters in their own hands anyway. Or yeah. the world. You know how people like to insert themselves in certain things. So people you know, are already inserting themselves anyway. So I feel like if, even if they don't get the justice that, you know, Shinquela deserves, the community is going to take it upon themselves to do it anyway. So th them people are losing regardless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's probably why they, they knew they, they knew they was in a messed up predicament because like I said, they, they, a lot of them scrub, they, they, they deleted all they, um, social media and everything. Like and they, they left her body down there. Yeah. But you know what? The world is so small, y'all. I'm telling you, I don't give a dang on how much you delete your social sites. People, her people know your people. So regardless, you know what I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like the community is gonna take it upon themselves yeah. and take matters in their own hands and they gonna find them people. Yeah. You know how you know how we are, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hate to say it like that. I'm trying to say it with you know, kind of sugarcoating it, but yeah, I mean you kind of know where be I'm touched. going. You can be touched pretty much. You will be touched, exactly. But you know yeah. what? She needs to go down there and get every. She deserves every every single taquito they about to put up in her. Ooh, no, you deserve taquitos, burritos, honey, Child. everything they getting ready to serve her beans. She deserve it all. Mm -mm. Let me move on to these last two stories. And I'm gonna let y'all go. Um, there's a pastor in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, that worked as a substitute teacher that is now facing 14 new criminal charges out of Wake County. They said that he was uh, committing, his name is David Dixon, and he was committing a number of sex crimes with underage victims as Riley, at his Raleigh apartment. This comes a week after the Durham, North Carolina investigators arrested him on charges of statutory rape and indecent uh, liberties with the child. The latest arrest warrant of Wake County noticed that the victim was a 15-year-old student at the high school where he worked as a substitute teacher. So, yeah, this is a substitute teacher that was uh, molesting these darn kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard this story off of, um, I don't know if y'all heard of Dawson Speaks. He talks about a lot of the stuff that go, goes on with a lot of these church people and like these people that's in the school system. But it goes to show you, like, you don't know who's teaching your kids mm. and mm. what they doing out here. So right. you got to be careful with, um, you have to just, you have to communicate with, with our young people because mm -hmm. a lot of times they don't feel like they can come tell their parents stuff. And, and you feel like you send your child to school and they, they safe and they not. Just like, I'm going to tell you, like Ben Davis, Ben Davis is off the hook now. That's what I graduated from. We all went there. And I feel that um, I don't know if y'all heard about that situation where they um, it was like about a week or two ago they found a student came into uh, school with a with some with a dang on like with gun and ammunition. So y'all hear about that? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Really? You know, Kaya, you know, yeah. Kaya goes there, so right. Yeah. yeah. But my thing is like. What if he obviously he must have been bragging and telling somebody about it because like but what if he didn't brag and just came in there and just I mean what's the safety what's the protocol at these schools like he must but have been I'm bragging trying to somebody. figure out how did he even get in with the gun when they uh they had metal detectors at the door when Child. 
How did he sneak past the metal detect? Like, how did the metal detector not pick up that gun? Do you see what I'm saying? Huh? That's just how that grown lady came in there and fought that kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Um, She went to court about it. They found her guilty. This was like three days ago. And she did that. She's taking it to trial now. So, yep. But yes, Seneca, so a, a parent snuck through the side door, the freshman door, and came in and jumped a friend of ours' daughter and threw hot coffee on her. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. Uh-huh. And uh, mm. she just got convicted. They they found her guilty. Was that the one, Um, I think I think, uh, who was that online that was talking about it? Um. Oh, oh God, I thought, who was that on Facebook? Was it Shonda? I think Shatonia. Shaton- that, that's who I mean, daughter I was. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Yep. She got justice. Uh, but now the girl is trying to take it to trial. But, you know, like Twala said, they're pretty much just sneaking in through these side doors. Ben Davis ain't like- never been. It ain't never been no secure school. I, I just feel like that. I, don't, I ain't feel safe when we was there. Mm. But it seemed like it didn't got worse. Oh yeah, I well I ain't gonna tell you. I, like I, I, I know somebody that's working there now, and they tell me everything. They talking about how these kids, and, and it ain't even just the kids; it's the teachers that be having inappropriate conversations with the students. Oh my god! Like they just be like the kids are just able to do whatever they want to do. They smoke weed in the school. They have the sex at the school, and the teachers don't care. And a lot of them like. It's mostly our kids that's going to these schools, but they don't have any the the people that they hire don't relate with the kids. They and they don't even want to deal with the yeah. kids. It's like they you there for I mean? a check. I get that's it. all it is. Uh-huh. And then they just pushing them through. They don't care. They they not that's why as parents, like you gotta, especially in Wayne Township, and it's all these school districts from what I'm hearing, you gotta play an active role in your kids' education because they don't care. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I like, just got a tour with um Kaya's math teacher. I just had to pull her from that class because we just sat up there and had a whole meeting. And by the end of the meeting, he made me feel so small and belittled. I said, I can only imagine how you made my child feel because all he kept saying was, "I, I will already been to college. I already been to college. Yes, he did. I already been to college." And I'm see, like, what does that have to do with my daughter needing help? Uh, I would have went to the school. You got to go oh, yeah. to the school he board. He got in trouble for it. I pulled Kai out the class. She's no longer in his class as we speak. She actually goes to her. So she has her homeroom teacher as her math teacher. She has them twice now because uh, they don't have here, nobody it, else. And here, this is what makes me mad. Then here you are. You're trying to teach your kids to have some type of respect and value towards other people. Yeah. And then you got teachers like this talking down to your kids like this and here you are as a concerned parent at least you're up there being involved in your kids life and their education and their future because from what i'm hearing a lot of these a lot of these parents don't even pick up the phone they don't come no, to no, no. and here you no. are trying to be involved in your kids education and then they this guy's talking to you guys like that yes and, he that, did. and that's why you wonder why the the, the school to prison pipeline for our youth exists because you have these teachers that are in these schools. They don't care. They're not there for the right reason. Hell, you got more predators in the damn school than the ones that's teaching. 
Mm -hmm. yeah. I had to tell him, like, listen, I'm getting ready to disconnect this call because you're getting ready to make me act out of character. Mm -hmm. I said, because I can only imagine how you made my daughter feel if, you know, I'm feeling some type of way having this conversation with you because Kaya mm -hmm. kept complaining that he wasn't helping her. So it was me simply reaching out as a parent like, hey, what's going on? She turned in her missing assignments. What, what's the problem now? So, you know, that it, it, it's just one That's thing crazy. led to another to where he was like, well, I got my college education. Ooh. And what is been to college? Uh, and I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? That's what I'm saying. Oh, I would have lost all really. Oh, I oh, I said, sir, I'm getting ready to hang up this phone for it. I I act a certain way. I said, but I'm gonna handle it the other way. Yeah, said, that's how you do it. Act all ratchet That's what he wanted. That's exactly what he wanted for me. So he could be like, see, I told you so. But baby, I didn't give you the time or energy. I disconnected the call and called your boss. That's what I did. So Oh, I want to give a shout out. I didn't know. Uh, I, uh, well, I don't mean to cut you off. I seen. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard of King Jive, the Mario Jive. He, he he sent some love. Uh, I was wanted to give him a shout out. He's a he's a well prominent um, blogger. So y'all go check him out. His name is King Jive, baby. He be exposing the tea on these people in the church house, honey, baby, okay. baby. I'm gonna have to check him out. King Jive, look look at him, baby. They be going ham on him, like. He has a show like every Friday night. He's not taping tonight, but it's called um the the King's Court. Man, honey, them queens be up there going in like, but it's mixed. <laughs> I like it. He has he has men and women. Now it's like mixed, but they it's 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 entertaining, but it's very intellectual too. So y'all go over there and check him out. Okay. But girl, I got this one last storm. Then we gonna jump up off here because I want y'all to hear about this. There's a a pastor. And decal from the decal police department. Um, they said that he was caught with all this child pornography. He was a pastor, <laughs> and they said that um, the attorney general's office assisted in an investigation. Officers were working with the Illinois Crime Crimes Against Children Act task force. Learned that the child pornography was being disseminated from the address from Kent Place. Uh, mm -hmm. The sharing of child. Hold up, let me scroll down. The oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, where am I? Yeah, um, the child pornography was being disseminated from an address on Kent Place. The sharing of child pornography occurred from February 2015 through March 2nd, 2015. So he was prolonging this in the courts, trying to make excuses, copping pleas, and stuff like that. Talking about he couldn't afford in a mental. He, they wanted to do a mental health evaluation from him. But he talking about he couldn't afford it. He kept on holding up the. It, it was inevitable that they was going to prosecute him. But you supposed to be a pastor and you you disseminating all this child pornography, and then you trying to go to the courts and trying to you know cop pleas and, and and trying to hold up the process. Man, you did what you did. You got caught. So own up to it. Like, but then again, like you said, like I said earlier, you don't know who these people are that are dealing with your kids. And then a lot of times people just blindly, okay, that's the pastor. So I'm going to leave my, my child around the pastor. There's been countless oh. stories where these, these kids have been abused by these pastors. They've been molested by these pastors and the parents just turn a blind eye. And I hate to go back to this, the whole situation with Bishop Eddie Long. Y'all remember how 
them people was trusting. I'm telling you. Yes. Yes, I do. Y'all need to quit just trusting. Your, that's like a precious gift that God gave to you. Stop trust, trusting any and everybody with your kids. That's all I'm saying. And that goes back to how mental health real. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I want to thank y'all for coming on here. I want to get off here before we hit the three hour mark because it's been two hours and 47 minutes. But I just want to thank y'all. I really like this format because you get to see, interact with each other. Y'all get to see the clips. Um, yep. And it's, it's, I think it's better than the call in shows. I think I'm going forward. I'm going to do this, but I just want to let everybody know tomorrow, um, just um, just for, you know, some news, uh, we will be taping the T podcast with Jonathan Crockett and Ethan Cripps, so um, we will probably be on around 7 or 8 o'clock tomorrow, so we, we typically do about an hour, hour and a half with that show. Um, there's okay. a lot going on in the news as far as LGBT um, news is concerned, so we're going to talk about that. Um, like I mentioned, be on the lookout for Urban um, Wire uh, Radio next year. We're going to be giving you more information about that. We're going to have some more programs coming up. Um, we got some stuff in the in the making. So I don't know if you guys had anything else. Once again, um, support my cousin Chan. She's doing her food drive. Have you came up with a name that what you wanted to name it, or is it just something general you're doing? But you're going to try to kind of like develop it more over time. I'm just going to develop it more over time. Yeah. I'm still, um, you know, getting my feet wet a little bit, but you know, yeah. so far it's working. So we're expanding and things are growing. So that's the good thing about it. And Twyla, I, I want to ask you, because I know you be doing that catering now. When you going to get your stuff off the ground? Because we've been talking right. about that. My, my, my job. <laughs> All the all the little free time I did have, I don't have anymore. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it'd be like that. That's some good, that's some good eats, though, y'all. <laughs> well, you know what, me and Jonathan talking now, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to holler at you because I need to. Yeah, I need. I, I, I'm gonna need. Let you. me just we, we say congratulations to you. Can we give them a round of applause? Okay, <laughs> a round of applause. Congratulations. To I appreciate you. it. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's it I I tell people like it. I would tell anybody home ownership, you can do it. Don't let anybody stop you. If it's something that you want to do, then do it. Like it's you know, um, it's some work you just have to work, you know, just plan ahead, do your research. But anybody can do home ownership, it's a lot of programs out there especially for first-time home buyers, um, a lot of resources that you can utilize. Don't let anybody tell you because with the rising prices of rent and, and, and just all this stuff going on, you'll be better off owning something that you can pass yeah. down. Like you can, and you can feel good about passing that legacy down to your, um to your children. Or yeah. Your, yeah. Like, you know, you can build equity up in your house. You, you so much you can do when you when you own your own stuff. It's nothing like owning your own. You don't have to worry about like especially living in an apartment. These people just not doing right by your money or you living around people that you don't want to be around, you know, because that's my biggest thing about apartment living. You know, you have a certain standard, but that doesn't mean that the people around you have a certain standard and what they do can affect you. So. I, I would 
I would say home ownership is it may not be for everybody. Like, you know, some people it's you just gotta do what's best for you at the end of the day. And right. don't let anybody make you feel less than for making the decisions that work best for you. So Right. Yeah. So yeah, anybody else have congratulations. Anything? I know your journey, it's it's been long. You know, yeah. we talked a lot and you were a little yeah. discouraged, but you did it. And I just want yep. you to know I'm proud of you, and I can't I wait. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, for the first um, gathering. Ooh, baby. Housewarming. Hey. Okay. Yeah, honey, honey, you know I'm going to lay that bitch. I mean, lay no, that girl out. Yeah. <laughs> honey, I'm going to have them chick. Honey, I'm going to have them pans of chicken and everything. Honey, greens, macaroni. Girl, we're going to be eating good, baby. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all right, I really want to thank you guys again. We're going to jump off off of here. Um, until next time, uh, we'll probably have another show after the first of the year. Um, we're going to probably go out. I just want to do something before the holidays. So um, we'll probably be back on um, towards the middle of the month next month. Um, we got a lot of good interviews that I'm planning on trying to um, set up now as far as the T is concerned. So we're really building that platform but until then, everybody take care. Have a wonderful holiday, and we will catch you next Bye. year. Bye. Bye. Bye.